Welcome to the Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure, so you can listen to them in any order. Today we are joined by Beans. Oh, hello. My name is Beans. I'm a tortoiseshell tabaxi monk. I like to wear my hammock, which is, as we all know, a mixture between a poncho and a hammock, so I can sleep absolutely anywhere. I've got my boomerang with me. It's very fancy and magical, and I can scratch my back with it, which... Now I think about it, I do have a tale for that exact purpose, so I'm not quite sure why I use it, but anyway, it's all good fun, all good fun. Boltzmann. Greetings, I am Boltzmann, the brain in a jar. I know, I know, it's very distracting, but please look at the crown I'm wearing on my head, the crown of Polaris, it's called. I pilfered it last week from a, from an ancient tomb. Yes, as you can see, I have... Many bells, whistles, weapons. I've got arms sticking out of my lid. There's an exhaust pipe. And I've got two companions with me, namely Mr. Langley, my steel defender, trusty manservant, butler, and robotic chimpanzee, and Miss Motoko, my pet displacer beast, who has got six legs, is eight feet tall, and has got two tentacles sticking out of her back. And ah, Olive. The monkey has a gun. <laughs> and Olive. Hey, everybody. Olive is a bipedal crocodile. She looks kind of like if a crocodile were to stand on two feet and wear a Jedi-style robe and baggy brown pants. She has a backpack, but no visible weapons because she is a level 16 monk way of the open hand. It is evening in the guild hall, a large building with a bar, a sitting area, and a wooden tables and chairs with and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. What are your characters doing today or this evening? Um, Beans is trying to fish out, well, trying to get out all the fish he put into Boltzmann's tank, all of whom have died now, and it's all getting a bit of a mess at the moment, because, like, I'm trying to dip my hand, my paws in, but I don't like my paws getting wet, so it goes, splish, ah, splish, ah, splish, ah, and Boltzmann's getting very angry with me. Oh, hurry up, Beans. If you're going to be my third assistant, you're going to have to do better than that. Get the fish out of there. They're starting I'm to sorry. smell. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying. I just don't like getting my paws wet. Just just don't touch the brain that much, all right? It's very sensitive. Wait, wait, you this might... bit. This bit. No, no, no. That's my motor cortex. <laughs> so what, what, what's this bit do? No, Boltzmann accidentally cast a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, you cast a fireball here uh, in the tw- tw- twenty-seven hall. on dexterity saving throw. I think number one. Boltzmann pulls out his his fire hose. He's a full on functional fire truck by now and starts putting out the fire. He accidentally. <laughs> so I guess uh, now the decorations in the guild hall, not the decorations, the furniture are all kind of um, they've got that that artistic charred look. <laughs> Where they char it and then sand it a little bit. Hello, is everybody still alive? Olive roasts some of the rotten fish over the burning furniture, making a meal. So, real talk for everyone, who had three and a half minutes on their arson bingo card? <laughs> <laughs> That's not arson, since it was accidental, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll write that down. Arson equals deliberate. <laughs> Well, what do we call it if it's accidental? Um, is there a term for that? You're the lawyer. Uh, yeah, that's just arson around. <laughs> Who had terrible puns in their uh, on their bingo card? 
<laughs> oh, that's always in there. Anytime I play, it's on there. At this time, um, some you hear some footsteps coming down the stairs, and Nulisag comes in with a job posting and says, it looks like you're the only ones here. Well, I think you are all experienced. What happened in here? Oh, oh Did you set a my fire? idea of this, Nulisag. I'm putting out the fire right now. It will be as good as as, as never happened in, in just uh, two minutes. <laughs> Olive takes one of the fish that she's been roasting that's very rotten and probably burned and hands it to Nulisag, offering him a snack. <laughs> I, by the way, I have a chef's tools, chef's utensils, so can I roll for create a typical meal? Uh, yes, yes, please do. <laughs> I could create a gourmet meal. I don't know. Oh, that's tempting. It's a higher DC. I'm gonna. It's... I'm a gambler. I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Rotten sushi. You gotta love it. <laughs> what skill do you think should apply to this, DM? Oh, um, add your proficiency for uh, cooks tools. Okay. Uh, well, I'm and... not proficient in it. <laughs> I think you are with the chef feet, right? I well, so I. You you are do, proficient I... with it. Yeah, just well, uh, just oh, wait, do an no, intelligence roll. In wait, wait. Oh, What's you are. own character sheet. Yes. <laughs> do, do an intelligence roll and add proficiency then. Okay. All right. Proficiency bonus is five at level 16. The DC is 15 for a gourmet meal. Roll the 19 on the dice. 24. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this is very on brand for today's episode. Um, so you have somehow taken this aged fish and made it into... A, a delicacy of a thing <laughs> it is so many um pungent flavors that it becomes something that that some people would uh gain a, a, a taste for maybe not all people but some people the types of people who really like stinky cheese uh would really like this fish and um i'm gonna say Nulisag uh is one of those people and and he sees that and he goes "Ooh, you know um well here let me let me trade you and he hands you a paper in exchange for the meal i slowly put the paper towards my mouth (laughs) (laughs) so and i I stop joking and i read it (laughs) um okay so the job posting says experienced warriors or magic users needed a pestilence fog has begun to roll out from tamuli wood wood at night our villagers are going missing help us find and remove the source Please take the first train to Ocean Grove tomorrow morning. Payment posted, 90,000 gold points. Client is RRR at Ocean Grove. All right. RRR at Ocean Grove. I say to Beans as I offer you a fish. I didn't know you were a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) That's our potential employer. Do you want a fish? Well, hang on. Let me just have a quick sniff. (laughs) Hang on. what's What's my insight? I got a 12. Yeah, okay. Looks fun. What's in it? (laughs) Aside from fish, I mean. Vinegar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. What is it? I'll give it a try. Boltzmann opens up a little lid on his body and spider mandibles are behind it, just (laughs) eternally moving. (laughs) Do you like the sauerkraut, Boltzmann? Just put it in there. (laughs) Please. Um... Can I have you all do a constitution check for me? Uh, well, um, so I'd like to point out that beans and olive are immune to poison. <laughs> That's true. Right. I mean, it still won't taste great, but... 
Are you as Boltzmann well? As a th- Boltzmann? Oh, I am. I'm a Warforged, technically. I'm immune against the poison condition, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we'll just roll to see how much your tummy rumbles, I guess. <laughs> um, or something else in Boltzmann's case. I have a, a 13. Yeah, if you're below 10, then maybe you just feel a, a queasiness and you're just kind of burp it out. <clears throat> 12. Uh, Beans also got a 13. All right, so you're all good. <laughs> Let's just go jump well, in a poison river. This is going to be great. <laughs> hang on now, Beans. Uh, it looks like uh, there's an adventure for us. And uh, I think that it's time for us to uh, to take this seriously and, and look at this flyer and head toward this, uh, this uh, ocean grove. Or so it's called. It's evening, though. Do you think there's poison there for us to go dip in? Oh, we can mm. only hope. All right, let's go check it out. Okay. Shall we go straight away? Well, I said get the first train tomorrow morning, so I think we've probably got a bit of time to go and have like a, a rave in the sewers or something. Somewhere poisonous. <laughs> I really want to. I'm really going to focus in on the poison thing this week, I think. I'll show you around <laughs> the sewers. <laughs> oh, wait, there, there aren't more of you over there, right? are there? Like, I mean, it's not racist to, you know, ask if. A load of alligators live in the sewers, is it? Do we enjoy the sewers? Yes. Is that where my house is? No. But, I mean, I'm. it's not racist. It's just information gathering. Racist would be if you assumed that we all lived there and ran with your assumption. Okay, so I think I'm okay. Yes. Yeah, you're yes. fine. Okay, good. 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 I just don't want to be eaten. You know, that's, that's all I'm saying, Olive. <laughs> don't worry, um... I, that's what these fish are for. I'm going to bring them and we'll hang out with the other crocodilians, crocodilies, crocodilios, <laughs> have a fish potluck, and you'll love it because there's fish. Okay. Uh, Boltzmann, can you come as well just to teleport us out in case? Absolutely. <laughs> sure, sure. Mr. Langley is done fishing the rotten fish out of my brain compartment now, so I'm available to go anywhere. So you're going to go look for uh, crocodiles in the sewers? Yeah, just go hang out with some fellow, you know, I mean, Richard, my boyfriend, the crocodile person like me, and I often go hang out with our friends there. Okay. So that's, that's how we pass the night. We have a party in the sewers, eating a lot of fish delicacies, and uh, Boltzmann doesn't have to teleport us out at the end because we're all like drunk and staggering home, and then we like split up and walk back to our individual residences. Excellent. So do you all uh, take the morning train then? The first one? Like the posting? Yeah, hang on. Let's see. Uh, I just randomly rolled a constitution saving throw for hangovers. I got a 23, so I think we're all right. Now, can can Boltzmann get hangovers? Yes, they're based on your brain. Yeah, so... Uh, but he has a, a <laughs> 20 on this constitution saving throw, so uh, he's fine. 17 for Olive. Also, a hangover is technically the poison status, so... <laughs> we are Wait, can we, can we not get hungover? <laughs> oh, yes! Okay, okay, now's the party. Uh, level 16 monks, everybody. <laughs> Woo! Um, all right, so... Uh, so the first train leaves in the wee hours uh, of around, like, 5 a.m. Is, is that the one? Oh. Are you getting up that early? 
Oh, oh then I guess we're not having a long rest at all. We're just partying and then going in the train. <laughs> this is very fire-breathing kittens. <laughs> it depends on how long the train is. If that's eight hours, then we're fine. <laughs> um, Ocean Grove is a bit north. Seven and a half hours. So it actually is a pretty short train ride. I'm going to just throw a guess out there. Uh, an hour. <laughs> One of those new trains where I can go quickly and they built like a tunnel through the mountains it just yeah, goes, it's one of one of bolt boltsman like supercharges the engine he's like this is going too slowly yeah exactly. I mean, we get the... there we get there in 50 minutes <laughs> <laughs> um so you had boarded the train while it was still kind of dark outside in the wee hours and as you travel when looking out the windows uh, the car is frequently surrounded in darkness because there is a lot of tall trees. Um, but occasionally it opens up to the east and you're able to see the ocean there. Um, and uh, Olive may remember she was in an episode where she spent time at Skeleton Beach. And this is in that area. So you arrive at Ocean Grove. It is golden hour near 6 a.m. When the sun rises to the point where the sky is full of beautiful oranges and yellows, and birds begin to sing emphatically, except they are not singing at all here, which is weird because when you get off the train, one of the first things you notice is this place is green. It is lush. There are trees everywhere. I mean, you're at the train station and you can see there's a lumber mill right over there called Millie's Lumber Mill and Hardwood Distribution. And they have a whole bunch of beautiful trees and a garden. <laughs> Everybody has trees everywhere. Um... Uh, you And you see a billboard that says, Remember, RRR, preserve the natural beauty of Ocean Grove. What a beautiful landscape. I do love nature. So a uh, chipmunk person, about two and a half feet tall, <laughs> walks up to you um, and says, Oh, hey, are, are you the fire kittens or whatever? Well, I am, we a I am a kitten, if that helps. Well, I used to be a kitten, then I grew up, and then I stopped growing. And here I am. <laughs> she chuckles at that, and then she like what are you does laughing a double for? take. It's not a joke. <laughs> she does My a growth take is seriously stunted. Uh, what are you? Are those real spider legs? Um, indeed they are. I I told you, I love nature, and I incorporate it into my body whenever I can. These are real giant spider legs. I think there might be a phase spider or two in there. <laughs> Or something. But they're not my main mode of transportation. You see, I roll on wheels. What is... Uh, do you do you explain your anatomy to every stranger you meet? I feel like these are kind of inappropriate questions. Yeah, are you a chipmunk person? What are you? Yeah, I'm a chipmunk. Sorry, man. Wasn't trying to be, uh, like, you know, offensive or whatever. I'm just here. Uh, Roberta sent me to meet you guys. Um, and she, she's got kind of, like, studded leather clothes, black t-shirt with... RRR and bold red leather leathering and she's got kind of strategic tears on her clothing and um and she says all right you want to follow me sure we will follow you what does RRR stand for um I know I'd written it down multiple places but of course now I can't find it um <laughs> Rosem's Am I ring to get correctly Rosem's ring of restoration it's a druid circle that I'm a part of and Roberta runs it. Roberta Rosen. Ah. 
I do love druids. It takes a special type of soul to look at nature and think I can improve on that. Yeah, I mean, we're not all technically druids, but we all, you know, we care about nature. So um, she begins to lead you through the town and you get past kind of the industrial side and you can see there's a lot of new growth in this town. There's kind of, you're going through kind of a suburbia, new housing, that kind of thing. But despite it being new, there is um, pretty tall trees already growing and there's vines that have grown up over the fences already. Um, lush gardens uh, everywhere as you, anyways, sorry, going to pause for a sec. So, so weird chipmunk person thing. What's with all the trees? Like they're quite big and they're like everywhere. What's, what's going on with that? Well, um, this town was just a village. Uh, I've, my family has been here for a long time, but, uh, Skeleton Beach brought a lot of people to this area and they started wanting to build houses. So that's why Roberta set up RRR is we wanted to make sure that we preserved the nature while all this building was happening. She's really good with people. But it seems, certainly seems like you preserving you've nature. Did, yeah, you've you've done a good job, you know, with all the trees everywhere. Yeah, she even works with the lumber company so that um, they do surveys to make sure that they're not going to destroy the ecosystem when they cut down trees. They can find areas where the forest may actually kind of need a trimming as far as the ecosystem goes. It would seem to me you're using. You are using some type of magic to enhance the growth of these trees. Is that correct? Yeah, we do some use some magic. Uh, Scarlet is really good with plants. I need access to this magic for my clone body so that it can be huge enough to fit my gigantic brain. <laughs> and as you... Uh, Scarlet, you say. Scarlet, yep. Um... At this point, you're starting to kind of approach an, a side of the town that is the old town. Um, the buildings here are um, much more classic and rustic and look like they've been here a good long time. And you, you pass uh, an inn called Gamwich Stays, and there's a bear folk young man out there, and he's like beating a rug, cleaning a rug, and he goes, hey, Oh, hey, Flit, are you on a official RRR business? She goes, Hey, Biscuit, yep. We're going to head into the forest today. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, take care out there. It sounds dangerous. And then you continue on past the inn, and not too long after, come to uh, a rustic little cabin surrounded with an idyllic garden, a fish pond, and there are fish and frogs visible. There are birds, bird and squirrel feeders that are actively bustling with wildlife. And uh, there are two women standing and talking out front. Beans leans, o Beans leans over to Olive. Olive, are you thinking of There's a lot of fish. There are a lot of birds. How many do you reckon you can get before people start yelling at us? <laughs> How many do you reckon you can get without anybody noticing? Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> I rolled a 29 on the stealth. So quite a, quite a lot. 29 on the stealth. Let's do... Uh, you want to just try to snatch with like an unarmed strike <laughs> <laughs> how, how many birds can we get birds and fish we snatch them out of the air yeah you're going for birds or fish Ooh, can i have a mixture sure <laughs> hang on let's see i can attack twice and monks i i don't really know i'm just going to roll all my d20s and see what comes out okay 
Well, that's a real range. I got a, I got a natural one, a natural twenty, a fourteen, and two eights. So add like a eleven onto all of them. Lowest okay, so is a. Well, ignore the nat one. Lowest is a nineteen. I've got an idea for interpreting that. So, um, so I, I, I'm guessing that what you do is you jump onto the pond, and in so doing, you splash three or four fish out of it immediately. But this creates a huge commotion, and the next, you know bird you are going for is is just way out of your reach it's flying it's off and um <laughs> and there's just noise and scattering it everywhere and somehow you're able to cat like well go this way look that way oh frog snatch butterfly snatch and now you've got three fish butterfly and a frog okay hang on these are going to come up later <laughs> three fish butterfly it's going to come up and a frog. Okay. <laughs> I will get started naming them in a couple of minutes. Um, so the the uh, women talking, uh, one of them seems kind of upset. And uh, you can kind of hear her over your hair saying. <laughs> no idea. No idea. I think they, I think they honestly are not too bothered by the... Uh, the the beans activity um but uh uh one of them mentions um she says uh, you know do you know where asher is do you know he's safe and and roberta um or we, you can probably assume is roberta because she's the one that's calm and she's standing very tall and she let me give you a physical description real quick she's got uh dark uh black skin and kind of bluish black hair She's a water genasi. And um, like I said, just very calm, very peaceful orientation and very like in control kind of sense when you look at her. And um, the other is a human woman. And and she's saying, uh, asking about Asher and Roberta assures her, uh, yes, we know he's in the forest. He's trying to help as many people as he can. Um, I've got a sending stone with Sindhu and she's on, in regular contact with him he's fine and then beatrice is going oh i don't know i some of the townspeople think this fog is all his fault flit walks up flit is the uh, chipmunk walks up and says all right i have brought the blazing kittens boltzmann rolls his eyes oh no no he's that's like, not as um on, only tanager is a blazing kitten <laughs> <laughs> we are the fire breathing kittens we are here to do a job i hear it Something about a mystical fog? I will destroy it with magic. <laughs> Roberta um, tells Beatrice, like, uh, one minute, uh, we've been waiting for, for these people. <laughs> Come on over. Just We're going to talk. Um, and she says, hello, uh, I'm the one that jo- uh, posted the job. Thank you for coming so early. It's probably between six and seven in the morning still at this point. Um, things did get a little worse last night. Uh, it was six people that were missing about the time I started filing that job with the guild yesterday. And now we're at 30. There was a, an incident where um, possessed children came to the edge of the forest and became began shouting uh, for help. And uh, as you can imagine, a lot of concerned adults ran into the fog and uh, the fog possessed them. So, Wow. You should have mentioned this in the in the ad, and we would have come yesterday night. I could have I could have teleported us over straight away. Instead, we spent the night partying in the sewers with crocodiles. 
Well, I wanted I wanted you fresh uh, because we're this is going to be a pretty intense uh, mission. We're, we're working on a magic ritual. All of the circle is going to be working on it. If um, if any of you have magical talent, then you may be able to aid us. And if not, even just help protecting us while we do this ritual is going to be uh, a lot of help. Uh-huh. Fresh. Yes. Indeed. Boltzmann shifts uncomfortably. <laughs> You're probably not in too bad shape. You only cast, what, a fireball? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's at this point. Uh, it's at this point, Beans wanders over and goes, "Okay, let let me introduce you all to my new friends." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so he he's the frog is called Frankie, um, the butterfly is on my shoulders called Wilhelm, um, and then these little fish. Uh, I'm not quite sure how we're storing the fish, considering they kind of need the water to survive, but. You know, they're not having the best of times, I guess. So this one is called Huey, this one's called Dewey, and this one is called Bernard. <laughs> All right, Beans, put him in the tank. You know, not everybody needs five minions, okay? <laughs> okay, well, you're getting five now, so one fish, two <laughs> fish, three fish. Now, did we drain the acid out of there earlier, or is that still... Uh, Hazardous environment. I suppose there's only one way to find out. No, Dewey, stop biting his brain. No, no. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't. I didn't know they were piranhas. <laughs> Boltzmann accidentally cast. Let me roll for this. <laughs> um, I will roll a d5. Uh, for spell level, is that a thing? Yeah, uh, d10 your... divided by 2. Sure. d10 divided by 2 is going to be uh, a 7 uh, divided by 2 is 3. So that's another level 3 spell. And that's going to be a d6. I'm using my Mizium apparatus for this to select a random... Uh, it's going to cast Gaseous Form accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> How, how many people are there? There's uh, Flit, uh, uh, Roberta, Beatrice, uh, Beans, Oliver, Boltzmann, right? Yes, right now, yep. And uh, uh, no, in that uh, order? Yes. Uh, that's a five. I'm going to cast Gaseous Form on <laughs> Olive accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, I've been practicing astral projection as part of my monk courses, so this is great. No, it's it's really helping me progress in my studies to imagine what it's like being out of body. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a misty cloud for an hour. <laughs> I think it uh, slows your walking to flying 10, correct? Uh, that's right. Yeah, your movement speed gets gets reduced to flying 10. I drift into the sky, soaring higher and higher. Being like, wow, is this what it's like to be a bird? <laughs> Olive, Olive, fly into this jar. I can carry you. <laughs> All right. I fly into the jar. This is less fun. <laughs> yeah, but we can go really quickly. Oh, yeah, I could only go at 10. <laughs> like, I, I've... Oh, oh, Boltzmann, do you know, do you know haste at all? Uh, Tobias yes, did I do, it to me once. Have... It was great fun. 
I only have one third level spell slot left. Okay, we'll do uh, that later. Before you go casting too many spells now, I think you might want to talk about the game plan. It's, this is Roberta. Oh. Hey, so, Roberta, are, are you the adventurers for hire? No. We know what we're about. And what we're about is blowing spells on stupid things. We get results. I can't talk, but if I could, I would say that we're practicing for the mist that is to come. Oh, yeah, yeah. If we all turn into mist anyway, then we could just sneak in. Yes, indeed. <laughs> if we disperse the olive mist across the magical mist, then she will be in control of it. <laughs> and Beans is practicing how to catch it. Her face is impassive. Continue. <laughs> Tell us the information you have, Roberta, and then uh, we will take care of the rest. Okay, so their plan is um, they do have a ritual they've been working on. Um, we have some friends in the forest. Um, one of them has a sending stone. Uh, her name is Sindhu, and uh, Asher is with her. Asher has been trying to find some of the missing townspeople. Um, but anyways, uh, Scarlet and I... Oh, here comes Scarlet now. And you see this uh, plant person... Uh, it's it's a giant snapdragon stands <laughs> seven feet tall, shuffles about with you know vines and roots as feet, and you know move moves its arms as a collection of vines and leaves for hands, and um, big snapdragon face just scarlet red, um, and it comes shuffling and it's holding a basket and it's filled with some kind of root vegetable, um, and it waves, it does a little. Flourishy bow, um, and she says, "Scarlet is smitten." <laughs> um, she says, "She says to Scarlet, um, we're going to get ready to leave soon. Um, help yourself to some ten, ten, ten in the kitchen." So, uh, we've been working on a spell. Uh, Sindhu has told us from um, th these people have been in the forest for a very long time, millennia perhaps, and so. They told us that this fog uh, originates from some kind of evil being. And we've been working on a banishment spell for this being. There are some complications. We can't use just a simple banishment spell. So we've been working on a ritual. Um, it will take some time for us to perform this ritual. Uh, my plan, and she can tell just from some of the things you've said, Boltzmann, that you're uh, quite adept at magic you know what she's talking about so she said we're going to start out with a magic circle spell to do a, a ring of protection then we're going to layer four more circles within and open up um the realm that this creature originally came from to hopefully suck it back in um great idea and she says um it's going to take all of my circle all of our magic to pull this off and um if if you can donate any spells to the task at the time, we can maybe even do it a little faster. But um, most importantly, we may need your protection. Um, or if you can protect some of the other town's members, make sure that minimal people get hurt. That's, that's what we've uh, hired you for today. Make sure that minimal people get hurt. Got it. Um, and so she turns to Beatrice and... Um, and she turns to you and says, maybe you have some advice here, but I've been trying to um, think about what to do with Beatrice here. 
I'm tempted to leave Meryl to protect her. And then she says, Meryl, can, can you come out here? And you hear some armor shift and Warforged uh, woman comes out dressed in um, kind of green tinted armor with uh, and the shield she carries is one of like a, a an eagle's wing design. And um, and she goes, yes, uh, yes, Roberta. And she said, I'm I'm considering leaving Meryl to maybe protect Beatrice or maybe to bring her along. I don't know. The the forest is really thick and, and dangerous. But the thing is, the people in the towns, uh, the town here have been, well, some of them are in denial. Some of them are finding anyone to blame. Some of them know that Asher is a werewolf and they think it's his fault that this is going on. So when are you going to do the ritual so we can protect you? I'm, I went right to the, our job is protect these people during the ritual. So in character, I say, when is the ritual going to happen? Okay, well, we <laughs> need to get in the forest. That's going to be a, a bit of a trek. Um, I don't know, unless you know some magic that could help. Um, but it, we'll get in there. We need to uh, meet with my friend Sindhu, gather together, um, and then we will uh, attack at its source. The the uh, This evil force is uh, bound to a tree in a spring, so we need to get the ritual as close to that tree as possible. Yeah, when are we going to do that? You need me to teleport us all right now? You you probably could try, right? But I think teleport has like uh, some checks. Involving yes, it does. Um, a description is going to be a yeah. I, I can try it. Now it's going to be difficult to teleport to a location that I have never been to before, but I can definitely try. Also, I did not prepare this spell, so I'm going to have to dig into my brain a little bit and try to try to cast it from memory. Okay. What do you think, Aang? Should we try to teleport or walk there? I think so, we should try and make Frankie big so I can play um, Leapfrog. <laughs> Sorry, what's going on? Magic, magic mist, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm a mist. I can't say anything for like an hour and I'm in a jar. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. So, um, uh, I all, all, all of, No, all of, all of being in the jar, like... You, we usually say they can, like the mist can speak, but like the the jar like lights up and glows, so it's like yeah, hello. It's like <laughs> I look like the Rick and Morty glow cloud. Woo, swirling <laughs> lights. <laughs> How do you like being in a jar, Olive? The lights light up almost randomly. It's not as bad as most people make it out to be. Uh, blink twice if you think we should teleport. Blink, blink. All right, let's try. Now give me an, a description of the place, which is as accurate as you can make it. Okay, so... If there's some type of teleportation circle there, that would help. She gets out her sending stone and gets talking to Sindhu. You hear, like, a, a woman's voice on the other end and going, teleport. Well, we, you know, we have our wards. Um, maybe teleport a little bit close to the village. So... Um, Roberta describes to you, uh, a place as thoroughly as she can, uh, that's, um, very dark, very surrounded by trees that are about 200 feet tall. Um, there are spider webs, there is black goo, there is, 
and she just does as thorough a description as she can because she knows a little bit about how teleport works, um, which gives you the description familiarity. Do you have an object that was taken from this location? Oh, yes, she does. Um, so she pulls out um, a bit of sludge, uh, and there's, and there's pine, uh, pine needles kind of wrapped in it, and they're all turned black. Um, Where are you keeping that? <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say she had a bag of holding. That's where she got it. Um, so uh, before she opens it, though, she hands charms to each of you and says, except for maybe Boltzmann, I don't know if you need to breathe, but um, breathing in this stuff, you might get possessed. So um, it's good to have some personal protection. <laughs> don't worry. I don't need to breathe. <laughs> okay, so to everybody else, she hands a uh, a little charm. It's like a... S- I'm a glow cloud, so... <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't need to breathe right now. <laughs> um, so she hands one to... Fiends, Put the charm in the jar. <laughs> here's the charm in the jar. And, uh, puts, and she already has one on. Um, and then she uh, uh, hands you the jar. Okay. Boltzmann concentrates on his uh, crown of Polaris uh, briefly, and it turns into a solid gold alpine hat with a feather sticking out. And he says, uh, let's go. I can teleport up to eight willing beings. Oh, I'm an object. <laughs> hey, don't sell, don't sell yourself short, Olive. <laughs> so that now, covers... which one, which one of you three is going to come? Because uh, oh, I'm just a are... held object, by the way. Like literally, like beans can just have me as part of his or whoever's holding me. I don't know who's holding me. <laughs> uh, I am. I'll, I'll just put the lid on so you don't like fly out. Yeah, and then put me with your other stuff. I guess I'm in the panchamic pocket, so yeah. I don't count. Yeah, <laughs> just hanging about. And and technically, I think you uh, until that opens, the spell can't turn you back into a a crocodile, right? Because you're still within the, the the bounds of the jar. I mean, I obviously I am going to let you out. It's just it sounds kind of like you're not. <laughs> no, I know I am. I am. But like, if you think about it, you know, if we wanted to catapult you over a distance, right? You can't take falling damage as a cloud. So we just throw you a really long way. The jar breaks, you pop out as a cloud, and then turn back into Olive. <laughs> olive cocktail. I'm just thinking about the future. <laughs> you know, we might need to take over a castle, and that's All probably the way cocktail. to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, olive Indeed. Tov cocktail, surely. Cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you have the... Uh, the four members me. of the circle, and um, and then you also have Beatrice, Asher's uh, spouse, if you want to bring her along. And you can fit all of them into that teleport spell, because Olive is in, <laughs> inside a jar. <laughs> we have me, Beans, the Olive Jar, Mr. Langley, Miss Matoko, and then space for four more people. It okay. seems like Beatrice will have to stay here. Okay, so, um, yep, Beatrice goes in and makes herself comfortable inside the cabin, and you set up to cast Teleport. Hang on. Did Asher need to stay behind to guard Beatrice? Was that what was going on? Uh, Asher is in the forest with Sindhu, deep in, in the forest right now. Does Beatrice need a guard? Uh, she might. 
I am just piecing together pieces of this conversation. And I believe somebody <laughs> mentioned that Beatrice needed a guard. And who was it going to be? I am a giant brain, but there's always a lot of things in my mind. So just remind me if you'd be so kind. Oh, got you. Oh, uh, sorry. I thought you were talking to the team. Uh, so she was say- suggesting maybe Meryl um, could stay behind. That's the Warforged with the armor. Um, it, it would mean their their uh, circle spell goes a little slower, and they'll definitely need help to complete it. I can grant you help to complete it. Why don't you turn Beatrice into gas as well? We'll put her in another jar, and then just put her on a shelf somewhere, and then let her out when we're done. It's a concentration spell, Beans. I can only cast one at a time. Oh, that's a shame. Um... Okay, so let's count. Roberta. I, I, I just one. shout shout into the town. Does anybody know that gas spell? <laughs> <laughs> no, right. okay. Okay, so let's count. Roberta is one. Scarlet the plant person is two. Meryl the warforged is three. Flit the chipmunk person is four. Beatrice might be five. Boltzmann six. Beans seven. Mr. Langley. Miss Motoko. Uh oh, we hit nine. So, so I see what you're saying. There's one too many people. Well, um, does your steel defender count as an object, or is it a being? Um, it's it's up to you, DM. Uh, but Boltzmann definitely thinks he's a being. Okay, he, sorry, yeah, did I, I interrupt? Think he has a soul. <laughs> I don't think he has a soul, though. Oh, you do. Okay. Well, I don't 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 tell him that. <laughs> did I interrupt Olive's thought? Are all of, well, I'm a gaseous cloud, so like I have lots of thoughts and I can't say any of this. Are all of these people integral for casting the circle or are some of them not? Um, Who all's needed to cast the circle? Uh, anyone with magic power, which would be any of the members of the RRR. It's so like um, Flit, Beatrice, Roberta, Scarlet, and Meryl. Which of them do circle? Uh, they all do, but Flit and Meryl are probably less talented than the other two. And Roberta and Scarlet are most. I will leave Miss Matoka behind to guard Beatrice, and then Meryl can come along and we will have a maximum magic power. <laughs> Is Beatrice or Meryl more powerful? Magically, I would say... Uh, oh, Meryl. I, I, I twinkle like a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> um... I will ritual cast the uh, telepathic bond uh, between uh, six people so that I can telepathically communicate with Olive while she's in Gash's forum. <laughs> Share your thoughts, Olive. There, I shared them. That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, so if you leave you... Miss Matoka behind, we literally can take all of their circle with us. Yes, that sounds like a like a fine plan. Miss Matoko, are you all right with that? I ask her telepathically. <laughs> what does we the displacer to... say? Yeah, what does the, the beast say? Uh, you're the DM, I suppose. You. Uh... <laughs> I mean, she's probably like, do you want me to eat her? <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I'll eat her. Okay. Miss Matoko is, is, is evil, for sure. <laughs> she is. Uh, Lawful well... evil, but... You know she, what? Uh, uh, I rolled an one. animal handling on behalf of uh, Beatrice, and she rolled pretty well. So, so let's say that Matoka takes to her uh, the way like a cat takes to a person sometimes, and walks up to her and does that leg lean, and then the the tail kind of 
wraps up around her leg and then um doesn't she have snakes or what was it tentacles tentacles yeah and a few of the tentacles too which is kind of icky but kind of sweet at the same time right (laughs) be careful with those they do a lot of damage (laughs) they're technically magic weapons (laughs) excellent okay um so do you cast the teleport now Yes, but I will have to use my Mizzy apparatus to see if it's even possible. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try and get a help action here from Mr. Langley. He's going to uh, put a towel over my shoulder, just like get me in a zone. And uh, Boltzmann is going to try and uh, use his Mizzy apparatus to cast a spell he hasn't prepared, uh, namely teleport which is a DC equal to 10 plus twice the level of the spell. Teleport is a 7th level spell, so this is going to be a DC 24 Arcana check. Fortunately, Boltzmann has a plus 19 in Arcana. (laughs) First one's a 5. Second one is a 16. So that is a 35. And I successfully teleport everybody... And because I have uh, an object which is associated with this area, I can teleport us there with 100% certainty. Excellent. Thank you. I am glad I can skip all of that forest mumbo jumbo. Um, (laughs) You know. Save it for another adventure. All the the way home. All right. So. When um, Boltzmann's out of spell slots, we got to walk back. You all vanish and then reappear. And uh, um, I'm going to just one second. Okay, so you you appear so deeply into the forest that um, it's dark. It's like night in here. And the fog that you hadn't actually seen yet because um, it hadn't rolled out of the forest in the day uh, is roiling black fog. And it is some... It's 15 to 30 feet high, just churning. <clears throat> You're not able to see very well, even with dark vision, uh, very far in front of you. And um, you're, there's no undergrowth around, only just dead trunks and limbs and, and those kinds of things. But you do see a torch, a bit torchlight a bit ahead of you. What do you do? Boltzmann, do you want to play hide and seek? No, no, Beans, we are working right now. Oh. Let's make Olive, sure. Do you that... want to play hide and seek? Twinkle, twinkle. Yeah, this is going to be really good. Okay, uh, it's <laughs> use the telepathic you... link beans. You can talk to Olive telepathically. Just think the thoughts, and she will hear them. Fish? No, wait, no, the other one. Um, <laughs> do you want to play hide and seek, gas Olive? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you be a gas. I'll be. I'll be me. All I'll right, let I'll you out. Hang you. on. I'll unscrew the lid. <laughs> I move okay, at 10 okay. feet per second. <laughs> I use my action, be- because we're in darkness, I use my action to become invisible. Oh, no. Oh, wait, I'm and a gas cloud. I don't have eyes anyway. It's all good. <laughs> it's going to be really difficult. And also, I can teleport in darkness. <laughs> so every every six seconds, I can just go boing, 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 boing. <laughs> so there's a gas cloud slowly feeling around. I don't have eyes anyway, so like I can't tell you went invisible. Moving at ten feet per second as you teleport, like it's like the world's stupidest Marco Polo. <laughs> Marco. <laughs> Six seconds later, Marco. Are you moving in the direction Marco. of this torchlight? 
I think I might have to roll a dice to see what direction I'm moving realistically. Where, where's the wind going? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say uh, deep, this deep into the forest, there actually is not much of, of a wind, not even really a breeze. Okay, so then I'm, yeah, I'm trying to follow, I'm like Marco Polo with beans. I'm trying to follow <laughs> the sound, the polos, which are coming from all the directions. So it's really up to beans. Beans, are you following the torchlight? Oh, I don't know. Hang on. Let me just do it. Even in like a drunken sailor sort of way. There's a drunken sailor program and you randomly move. You have the Y direction that you're moving in, but the X direction is random. Do you fall off the plank? So, even uh, in a drunken sailor sort of way. See, I rolled. I just randomly did a survival check, and I got a twenty-three on a survival. So, I reckon so. Yeah, we'd you know eventually get eventually get there. <laughs> yeah, we're making progress. Might take a little while. Yeah, <laughs> Boltzmann yeah. is not particularly happy with our clowning around, but um, oh the... no no! Uh, while the, while the monks are playing, shall we get started with the ritual? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what could we I'm do? Sorry, it's just sometimes as a magic user, you feel like a lot of the responsibility falls on your shoulders to do the job. <laughs> yeah, you're basically babysitting us. <laughs> to turn your friends into gas clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Burn down the guild hall. Yeah, so responsible. <laughs> yeah. I have to think. It's all sorry, stuff that nobody else can do. <laughs> I mean, I could have burned down the guild hall if you wanted. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, burning point, down stuff point. is easy. It's... <laughs> Uh, so Roberta says, um, all right, let's go meet Sindhu and starts uh, walking forward. And do you follow her? Um, where is she walking to? Toward the torch. Um, I suppose so. Boltzmann has no reason to uh, believe that anything is wrong here. Okay. Um, as you walk forward, you notice there is a little bit of a psychic kind of press on your mind and what you're trying to accomplish wants to kind of slip from your mind and you think more about oh geez everything's covered in this black slick stuff what is that kind of want to get out of here oh oh wait and then you know um flit might tap you on the shoulder or scarlet will uh kind of just wave leaves in front of your faces and just try to snap get your attention and then you move forward <clears throat> And the um, as you approach the torchlight, you find there is a man in woodcutter's clothing with a little mushroom person. Um, this guy, a little guy, is got a cupped cap, so not the type that go like Mario mushroom down, but the type that cup up. And he's got little like his face is kind of embedded into his stock, like through deep wrinkles, right? So. His eyes open up as if inside wrinkles and same with his mouth and, and two little nose slits and um, and he speaks. Boltzmann, do you understand um, Druidic? Uh, I understand, I think, every language because uh, I have the, the Crown of Polaris, which basically gives me uh, a comprehend languages at will. And you both have Tongue of Sun and Moon, right? Uh Yes, I believe so. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember reading that. So all mm -hmm. three of you understand. Um, he says, oh, people, did, did you under... Oh, Scarlet. And he runs up to um, the giant snapdragon and gives him a hug and says, did you see Velvetti? Did you see my sister? Did you see her? And uh, the werewolf 
kind of just walks calmly up behind him. Is this Asher? He says, yeah, yeah, that's me. I heard you were missing in the forest. I'm not missing. I've been trying to find some of the missing townspeople. I found a handful, been able to bring them back to the village. Uh, all right. You, and you can see the circle druids greet each other. They introduce you. These are the people we hired. He says, all right, let's get back uh, back to the village. They take you a little bit further, and you can see why you couldn't teleport directly in. This psychic press is getting a little more intense and a little bit more intense. But um, you notice that the closer you walk to the little mushroom guy, um, the, that all fades, and you're able to just walk normally towards uh, what looks like a gigantic tree. And because of the fog, you can't really see too far at this time um, what it is exactly. But you look to the right, you look to the left, and, you know, 40 feet in every direction, you just see tree trunk. And um, the mushroom walks up to the tree, uh, places his hand on the trunk, and gently the fibers of the tree open up into a portal way, and you are able to walk inside. Very nice. This is where the village is? Yes. Now hold on, I think that my monk friends are playing hide and seek. <laughs> Let's just... A, a, vo- let- a voice uh, comes from just behind your shoulder. I'm here, don't worry. I think Olive is... Where's Olive? Olive! A, a twinkling glow cloud slowly follows. Oh, okay, <laughs> Olive wins. I couldn't find her. <laughs> Let's just do a quick telepathic check-in, everybody. I'm here. Boop, boop, boop. Beans. <laughs> Miss Matoko, everything all right over there? Oh, that's right. You cast that on. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, she... <laughs> you you get images of um, sitting on a cushion and, and lots of purring. <laughs> Good girl. All right, let's go into this portal. Uh, okay, so... Um, as you walk inside this village, um, one, one detail I, I, I forgot to mention is the area around this little mushroom person as you were following him, there was no roiling fog around him for about 10 feet around him. And so when you enter this village, that's the first thing you notice is that there is no fog here. And probably maybe it's the second thing you notice because the, the second thing is that it's about eight in the morning and... You can see the sky from here and it becomes evident that this village is surrounded by trees that have all grown together and seem to maybe be keeping the fog out maybe. And you're able to see blue sky above with, you know, just light, light clouds. Um, there's rings of large fungi within the inside of the tree and you can see their little houses built into the side and, um, and you can see there's also doorways going down into little homes that go beneath the roots of these trees. And uh, it's just filled with about 200 of, you don't see 200, but you. this is a village of about 200 of these fungi people. Um, and they have these cupped heads that are all gray colored. Um, and they all seem to have some of the same oily stickiness on their feet it is it, it just really grown on attached to their feet and they they walk really slowly kind of cumbersome can i make like a nature or medicine check to to discern what what that means uh yes uh either one no preference 
Uh, yeah, you can choose. I rolled a uh, 24. And uh, which skill was this? Nature. Nature. Um, from what you know of certain fungi species, um, you know that some are very beneficial to uh, plants and, and other trees, and they ward off infection and possibly even provide some nutrients. Um, it seems that there is some kind of relationship between these people, these myconids, and the fog. They're not the same thing. They are not the fog, the cause of it, but um, they seem to absorb it. Hmm. Boltzmann is going to gather all his courage and is going to uh, walk up, walk up to the to the Snapdragon person, to Scarlet, and say hello. He, uh, yeah, he said he he does a very like vibrant wave and nods with his big flower head. <clears throat> Hi, uh, you must be Scarlet. I, uh, I heard that you uh do work here making the plants big did you telepathic bond him no okay um he uh he nods and he 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 puts his hands up in what seems to be trying to be a modest gesture and and a shrug like mm, you, i do what i can oh i would i would love your expertise i would love your expertise um to uh, grow a larger clone body. Do you know anything about that? He folds his arms and, like, takes a leafy finger and taps it on his face. And and then he kind of shrugs and says, as if he's saying, maybe worth a shot. Hmm. Good, good. Now, um, I noticed that these myconid people have sticky, black, tarry feet, and some type of magic from the fog is affecting their movement. Would you know anything about that? He nods again, uh, you know, a little bit more slowly, like, yeah, I've noticed that. Shrug. Um, you do see there is a makeshift tent uh, in a kind of a, an open common area, and there are um, what looks to be five humanoids um that uh that are being administered to and you see one of these um myconids kind of uh brings a pan and tips its head forward and just kind of like scrunches up its wrinkled face and a little bit of clear liquid drops into the pan and they just kind of funnel it into a little cup and feed it to one of the people and this person had been thrashing around seeming to have hallucinations but they calm and over the period of about a minute fall into a, a restful sleep a healing rest so they show you to one of these these uh homes to that is down underneath the roots and uh they knock on the door and but the the little mushroom who you've heard asher call him honey scamp uh bursts inside says, Grandma, we're home. And as you walk in, you can see there is a older, uh, older myconid with a kind of apron on. And she goes, oh, thank heavens you're here. Welcome. So she's wearing kind of leafy clothes and um, she's a bit short compared to some of the other adults you've seen. You can tell uh, you can see her cap has some coloring inside that looks kind of wine red, but a little grayed and tainted she puts on a big wrinkled smile and said welcome to my home i i hope you'll 
help save us and help save my baby girl. Hey, uh, you guys, I say telepathically, are we going to cast that magic circle? I'm confused. What's going on? <laughs> I've been a gas cloud and I've been playing hide and seek. And I, I got to admit, I, I don't really know what's happening right now. Are we doing the magic circle casting or like, hi, grandma, what's up? Um, <laughs> you can hear a voice cut in on your teleportation. That was to my telepathy to Beans and Boltzmann. Like, hey, Beans and Boltzmann. Um, what, what, what's going on? I, sorry, I just, I'm confused. <laughs> so you can hear a voice cut in on your telepathic link and you hear the grandma's voice say, all can be explained. It is worth taking a bit of the time. What does that mean? What the cryptic is going on? <laughs> Olive, just listen to the grandma, all right? If you, if you give it enough time, grandmas will explain everything typically. I... <laughs> she gives uh, Roberta a big hug. Um, Roberta has to get down on one knee because this mushroom lady is quite short. Uh, and then uh, the same with Scarlet and um, the other members of the circle kind of let themselves in, sit down. Um, they said, and then she addresses you and says, so you're the heroes I, we've hired to come help us deal with this pestilence today. Indeed, Grandma Honeyscamp. I am Boltzmann. This here is Beans, and this olive jar is olive. Twinkle. <laughs> Beans is still invisible. <laughs> <laughs> she looks directly at you, Beans, and says, I've been looking forward to meeting the, you as well. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, Hey, did you know a friend of ours has uh, had a beard made out of you? <laughs> a long time ago? <laughs> Tell Nesgrax I say hi the next time you see him. Uh, how does she know Nesgrax? I don't don't overthink it. Don't okay. overthink it. I'm scared of this woman. I'm scared of all this. I thought we were just going to cast a magic circle. The, the lights are twinkling schizophrenically. <laughs> Olive... Give it time. Grandmas will explain everything. Go tell us more, Grandma. Boltzmann, honey scam. grandmas don't have all the time in the world. No, they don't. Uh, true. Okay, so she says, we are precious short on time, and uh, my, my granddaughter, my baby girl is out there and in danger, and I don't want to waste any of it. But No, I, I you... meant you're going to die soon. <laughs> Everybody dies someday, young man. <laughs> I can cast Revivify Beans, don't worry. <laughs> it's all part of the nation of the circle of life. Uh, now, because we are short on time, I would normally, you know, take some time and do this whole tea ceremony. Let's go ahead and skip past that. And um, you can see she goes and grabs a jar of uh, fermented vegetables off of a shelf in her kitchen. And she has a pan of biscuits that she's made and, sa and says, come, sit down. And uh, the other members of the circle come sit at the table. There are seats enough for you as well. Mr. Langley, help me get on this chair. I'm rolling around on wheels. This is Olive. Put her on a chair as well. <laughs> Beans can sit. Mr. Langley can sit. I believe we're all rounded up. And canonically, I, I'm going to say the hour ends about now. Uh, maybe we should open up the jaw. <laughs> um, Olive, if you have an idea of how you'd like to spring back into being, or I can either. Okay. Um, I mean, I, you tell me. Okay. So <laughs> I'll roll with it. Probably not as well as Boltzmann. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just. I, I'm going to say that, it that was point. a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That was a joke from Olive. <laughs> right, right. Get it down on your bingo cards. Take a drink. However you're doing this. You see an alligator tail start to stick out of the jar, and then like, um, and then just kind of like a slinky just unfold out of the jar. Uh, Olive just s- magically appears, basically, but all just one inch at a time. Blah, 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 blah. Ew. <laughs> I'm back, everybody. Hi, mushrooms. Great job, Olive. I'm glad you didn't disperse. <laughs> Roberta hands you a charm. <laughs> Was that a possibility? Okay. All right. So, are are you s- s- sitting, Olive, or are you too weirded out? I I I check the chair carefully for Chihuahua-sized mushroom people, and then I sit gently upon it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's no uh, Chihuahua-sized yet. Um. So, um, at this point, I have some exposition to go through, but um, do it in character. So she explains, the pestilence arrived a long ago, perhaps a millennia ago, um, is described in our stories as an alien creature of pure darkness. It was jealous of life and sought to destroy all. It was captured and contained by a powerful Armiliarian druid, uh, with the help of the Naiad Anwin and the Queen of the Forest, a powerful dryad named Aiden. Um, and we, the Myconids, have tended to the spring and tree ever since to make sure this pestilence remained contained. Uh, that is why we have such powerful charms on our city to keep people from approaching. Three, three weeks ago, there was a phenomenon that struck the weakened tree. It was... It was lightning, crashes of thunder, but there was no storm that night. Um, and now there's a deep gash in the tree, and the fog started to roil out. We've not been able to keep up with the damage. We've had to kind of hide up in our home. Uh, Can't you reverse the damage to the tree? I'm afraid that once the evil spirit was, you know, partially uncontained, it became very difficult for us to even approach safely. My granddaughter wanted to be a hero, and so she went out with an axe. Our people are not warriors, but she's got a warrior spirit. And she hoped to go, you know, fight fight this monster, and she became possessed. And uh, she's now, it's uh, the Pestilence's main... Like, host? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, 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 tip of the tongue syndrome. Anyways, yeah. Uh, the main body. She still can't venture far from the spring or the tree at this time. Do you have any other questions for her about the spring, the tree, the... I am just a crocodile with no knowledge of magic. Do you want me to defend you as you do the circle? <laughs> That's how I can offer my help. All right, Olive, I can see that you are ready to get going on this. Um, please, everybody, have a have a biscuit. Olive eats the biscuit. Okay. Um, Not that biscuit. This biscuit. <laughs> no, no. Let's eat that biscuit and see what happens. <laughs> okay, so fall. now, if do each of you partake? No, hang on. We're all immune to poison. <laughs> Come on, guys. Eat the grandma's biscuit. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Sure. Bus- Boltzmann takes a biscuit, opens his mandible lid, and shoves it in his lower body. 
Hang on, let me just dip my biscuit in Boltzmann's tank. Hang on. It is a fish biscuit. Test it. Ooh. <laughs> Wait. Be careful, Beans. We're inside a tree. <laughs> well, we'll see. Dip, dip. Oh, no, I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got to go all soggy in there. <laughs> well, at least the piranhas will have something to eat. Yeah. No, no. Boltzmann, uh... <laughs> Use a major to, 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 to oh, fish no. it out and give it back to Beans. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a bit ruined now, isn't it? It's just covered in cerebral fluid. Some of us need us to live. Uh, it's not going to do you any harm, I think. It might make you a little bit smarter. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. There are others on the pan you can take if you want. Maybe just a little nibble. Sorry, okay. I've eaten lots of fish today. Um, and then all about the same time, you all feel tugged from your bodies. And um, I'm going to go in alphabetical order. So if you could remove your headphones, we're going to go beans, then Boltzmann, then Olive. So just watch for the wave. Hello, beans. How, have you, how are you doing today? You feel this grandmotherly presence talking directly to you. I'm quite confused, but that's normal. Um, Do you enjoy the I mean, fish cookies? Well, I mean, it was okay. I mean, maybe lighten up on the salt next time. The fish already already live in it. You don't need to add more. How is the detective agency coming? How's that coming along? Well, I mean, you know how it goes. It's, it takes a long time to, to sort itself out. There's a lot of paperwork and... And that requires writing, and I have—I mean, I did learn to read quite a long time ago, but it's boring. Like, do you have any idea how long it takes to do all that paperwork and get the documents signed and get like ID cards? And there's something called a pension, which Crud said I should look into. Oh, I know but so I have much. No idea what that's red about. Red tape. It's just, yeah, it is. It's a lot, isn't it? How anyway, do feel... why do you ask, mysterious voice? How do you feel about all this? Um, do you think you can deal carefully with this monster and not hurt my granddaughter? Well, I mean, not to brag, but we did explode a giant worm not that long ago. So, <laughs> I don't know, maybe? Well, just don't I'm... explode her is all I'm asking. <laughs> I I wasn't the one who exploded them. I just jumped into the worm's mouth and teleported out. So that was an amazingly heroic thing you did, Beans. I know your heart is in the right place. Oh, that's handy. The doctor was saying otherwise. They said it <laughs> really? was in completely the wrong place for my body type. Yeah. <laughs> they said they'd have to look at me and do some tests, but I'll, I'll tell them I had a second opinion and they said it was fine. Did Dr. Crud say that? Yeah, I think he might have just been wanting to cut me open. <laughs> um, if I offered you a, a nugget of wisdom, Beans, would you take it? I don't know. What's the nugget made out of? Wisdom. Oh, I mean, if it was fish, then I'd go yes. But uh, if it's just <laughs> wisdom, eh. I mean, I mean, can I just like put it in my pocket for later? Is that an option? I suppose you could hear it now and consider it later. Okay, I mean, I, I'm I can't guarantee I'll remember it, but I mean, go f go for it. If it'll get you out of my head, then. <laughs> 
she uh you can feel a warm chuckle from her presence and she says now a i know you chuckle worms yeah. where warm chuckle and you uh warm. and she says in a like very grandmotherly fashion uh, take take life as it comes i know you've been concerned that some of your friends are getting children and families um You'll meet new people, and not everyone will be a Dr. Crud the third to you, but they don't need to be. It's natural for us to fear things that change. But if you take the time to stop and look around, you can make sure you're doing what matters most to you and spend time with those that matter the most to you. Okay, uh, Beans has pulled out like a little notebook and is scribbling away happily. He goes, okay, okay, okay. I wrote down fish cake question mark. Excellent. Okay, and then shoop, we're going to shift over to Boltzmann now. Hello. How are you, Boltzmann? Are those, how are those spider legs doing? Are they drying out yet? Mm. Dr. Crud keeps talking about the circulation. I uh, feel like he might have a point. They do need a little bit of moisture. Yeah, what, what, and you feel um, you're, you're uh, in the room still, but you're just... If anything, more present, even though um, you've been touched uh, in the true self is basically what she would call it. And so you are feeling her presence very strongly and she's addressing you while she's addressing you. And she's uh, it's very grandmotherly, very loving presence. And she says, uh, what's your plan for your next major upgrade, Boltzmann? What's what is the next perfect body? What's happening here? Are you inside my mind? I Suppose there's no harm in talking to you. You seem like you know most things already. I am planning to clone a human body that's extra large so that my enlarged and gorged brain can go in there. I might glow a little bit from the eyes, but that's not going to be a problem for me. Why am I telling you this? You're very persuasive. (laughs) That sounds pretty amazing, Boltzmann. Um, I I know you sometimes worry this is all some kind of dream. Um, tell me, even if that were true, what's the worst case scenario? What what does that mean for you, Boltzmann? I suppose you are talking about, uh, the idea that reality itself is a simulation, that I am making it all up. I am a brain in a jar, and isolated from any stimuli, I might, I might be imagining this entire universe, which certainly would be less, less unlikely than the universe actually existing. But I suppose in practical matters, there's no way it could make a difference unless this is a simulation I could escape. <laughs> and that in, I could see the real world. Why am I telling you all this, this, this <laughs> information? What are your thoughts on this? You seem all-knowing. Is the world real or not? I'm not all-knowing. I am merely very um, insightful, let's say. Uh I know your heart, Boltzmann, is in the right place. Um, you, you are always trying to help people. Uh, I just want to, to talk to you and see, uh, make sure that you'll be able to focus out there and keep my granddaughter safe is all. Um, if I offered a nugget of wisdom, would you take it? I would certainly accept it. Whether I will act on it is a different matter. Absolutely. Um... Boltzmann, as a, as a person of such godly intellect, you have the ability to cause so much greatness and so much destruction. Um, it would become easy for you to see everyone else around you as lesser beings, like 
ants or insects. Do you worry about that? I suppose as my intellect transcends, it becomes more difficult to connect with other people. Well, I understand you are a man of science, so my advice is, is to be, continue to be that man of science. Um, I don't want you to act against that. Lean into it. Don't cut any corners. Do the control tests. Do the small scale. Do the due diligence. And do the science, Boltzmann. And please, bring my granddaughter home safe if you can. You're, you're right, Grandma Honeyscamp. I gotta... <laughs> I have to have to implement my control groups. I've been slacking on the methods. People don't notice because I'm a very good academic writer, but but my method sections don't make any sense. <laughs> Your brain is so big, you grasp concepts and words that are so big, too big for other people. It happens. I understand. Yes. I don't even grasp a lot of what you know. You're very intelligent, Boltzmann. Yes, I know, Grandma Honeyscamp. I will... I will abide by the scientific method. I will, I will try and 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 experiment truly, and empirically. Thank you, thank you for this insight. That's a good nugget of wisdom. Thank you, Boltzmann. And you feel this uh, warmth, kind of. Hmm. If you had a body, it would be in your chest. So I guess kind of in the emotional cortex. And as we shift over to Olive. Hello, Ms. Olive. I'm so pleased to meet you. Oh, gosh, everybody's in my head today. <laughs> um, it does feel like I'm in your head, but I'm not reading your thoughts. It's more like I have touched your true self with my true self, and we are meeting. Hi. Astrally. <laughs> um, because you mentioned you had been studying astral projection recently, you're noticing this is exactly what she's doing. She's a very powerful monk. Hey. Um, you've been playing volleyball again. How's that going? I feel violated by your knowledge of my intimate personal details. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've foreseen um, that some of the possibilities that you would come here and some of the details uh, surrounding you and your compatriots. It's hard for me not to feel some affection for you after knowing some of the things you've been through and empathizing with you quite a bit i'm a pretty private person i'm not on public display so if you could not watch me that'd be great noted now olive i've discussed some uh you know i've offered nuggets of wisdom to the others um i feel you are already wise i wouldn't offer you that unless you wanted it um all i all i want to really ask you for is to be yourself because i know you do what you can to help others and uh, and keep from hurting people, and my granddaughter's out there, and I'm concerned for her, so if you can just do what you can for her, I'd appreciate it. All right. Okay. Everybody back. Okay, so then uh, she pulls out um, this jar of um, fermented vegetables, uh, and you can tell there are slices of a root vegetable, and she puts some on a plate in front of each of you and offers you to take a bite of this root vegetable. Yeah, vegetables? I can't have those. And you can see the uh, other members of the circles are doing this as well. Eating it. Boltzmann grabs the roots and says, For science! And uh, shoves it into his spider mouth. 
Olive vomits up everything else she's eaten today and eats the root vegetable. <laughs> Olive can't digest food unless it's at least 84 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> and beans? I study Boltzmann. Because he's doing a for science, I may as well help. I stared at him. Now, um, normally I would try to uh, train you in how to target the true self of another being the way I have targeted each of you to have a conversation. Um, but this vegetable will, uh, will help uh, shortcut that, circumvent that. And as you uh, eat this vegetable, it is incredibly spicy. It is fermented wasabi, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> And so <laughs> there's only one food Olive dislikes. <laughs> so when you hear, you know, people when they talk about meditation, talk about being present, you can't not be present when this pungent, pungent flavor is in your mouth and it just overpowers. It just kind of smacks the inside of your your face. I don't know how this affects Boltzmann, <laughs> but um the side effect is, uh, is... spider mandibles just catch on fire. <laughs> uh, Mr. Lively, a... get, get the fire extinguisher. <laughs> you got a little bit of an astral glow going on. And so, um, and you notice that uh, outside your um, limbs are astral limbs that reach a little further. And she says, when you meet this creature and it's in my granddaughter Velvetti's body, Hit it with these limbs and you can knock it out of her. So you have, uh, for one hour, melee attack option, 10 reach astral arm unarmed attack um, or natural weapon attack. So uh, it will hit pestilence inside a possessed creature without harming the creature or its body. It deals force damage. Wow. Do we also have uh, astral legs or just arms? <laughs> Sure. Astral legs. Boltzmann <laughs> tries to stand up. With spider legs? No, with his astral legs. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, do you have an idea for what they are? Or otherwise, I think I'll just go with astral spider legs. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, my idea is they're, they're fully human legs. Like, they're muscular. Okay. Uh, <laughs> young person legs. He's just got a... Uh, uh, Brain in a tube body and these uh, astral, godly, glowing, uh, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> human Let's... limbs sticking out. Yeah, you uh, because he you are a human, <clears throat> so um, you have human legs that from your true self that stick out below you, and you are able to, uh, especially when you focus on them, uh, stand upon these legs. Oh my, I am ten feet tall. <laughs> Also, uh, Beans and Boltzmann are under the effect of the Bless spell. And when performing a Wisdom save, you always roll four. Wow. And I think that is a great time to take a break. So, dun dun dun, we're getting ready for the big encounter. Um, All right. If you do that. Okay. Now, if you like this podcast... Um, you should probably let other people know that you like this podcast. And how better to do that than to leave a glowing review on the podcast platform of your choice. And guess what? If it's a, if it's a good review that we like, 
We will read it on air. You can put whatever whatever you want in there. We will read it. And you can even request a funny voice. Anything you want. Just give us a five-star review on on iTunes, on Spotify. Just uh, give us those those stars. We want those stars, please. Yeah, we're very we are needy. dependent on you. We, we need them like Mario needs them. <laughs> Is uh, Mario two stars? Yep, and uh, joining us this time were uh, Beans. I think it's worth mentioning at this point that Beans is still very much invisible. So (laughs) we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Boltzmann? All I needed was faith in science to stand up on my own two human legs. (laughs) And Olive? She vomits out the wasabi. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. 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 We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the fire-breathing kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, joining us today, we have Beans. Hello. Boltzmann. Look at my muscles, my astral muscles. And Olive. <laughs> hey, guys. Um, does anyone volunteer for the recap, or shall we roll 20s? Let's roll. All right. Let's have you all roll. What'd you get, Beans? Five. Uh, I got Boltzmann's to 15. Five. 15 for Beans? Eight. Okay, that's Boltzmann the winner. I got a six. All right, now, today, uh, or should I say yesterday is when this invention started, uh, Beans was uh, conducting an experiment on, on my body of sorts where he was keeping fishes into my brain tank. It's, it turned out to be oh, a bad was, idea. I lit the Gilhart on fire. That was just for fun. <laughs> to make a long story short, Nudasag came in. Uh, we... we, we Placated him, and uh, he had a job for us, which uh, we had to go catch a train for in the morning. So we partied all night with crocodiles in the sewer. Then we took a train up north along the coast to Ocean Grove, a a uh, village which was kept by druids uh, in, in in amazing shape. Nature was uh, flowering there, and we met a lot of these druids. A lot of them. We met uh, Sindhu, uh, Flit, who is a chipmunk person. 
we met Scarlett, who is a very, very attractive uh, Snapdragon flower person. I'm not sure if uh, he thinks of me the same way, but maybe I should establish a telepathic connection. I feel a little bit shy. <laughs> we met Biscuit, a bear person. We met Asha, who was initially missing, but then uh, we went into the forest, which we'll get to later, and uh, he was all right. He's a werewolf, or people think he's a werewolf. We met Roberta, a water genasi. Beatrice, who we left behind in the in the village with my loyal companion, Miss Motoko. And Miral, a warforged who went with us. So, after meeting these people, we went into the forest via teleport. After playing a game of musical chairs, where it turned out that... Uh, that Beatrice and Miss Matoka would be staying behind, we teleported to a forest which was engulfed in a dark fog and met myconid mushroom people whose feet were covered in black goo due to this fog. There was something terribly wrong here. And um, we met a little myconid person called Honey Scamp who led us to his grandma who explained the situation. Namely... An evil being had been captured inside a world tree, which was then stuck by, struck by lightning a mere weeks ago and released, making, uh, turning the forest into a, a dark, foggy place filled with dark magics. And the fog has been possessing people, including Grandma Honey Scamp's granddaughter, who is now the host for this demonic fog. Now, the tree cannot be repaired... But we can go into the fog and fight this host while the druid's conduct a ritual to bind the evil demonic fog back into the tree. And now that all of this has happened, we had a lovely one-on-one with Grandma Honeyscamp. And uh, she, she gave all of us some personal revelations, I think. And then she granted us all astral limbs which are ten feet long. In the case of uh, myself, uh, I have astral, glowing, muscular, human arms and legs, and I will now turn around to see what's going on with beans and olive. I forgot that olive was a gas and was kept in a jar for a good hour. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Point of order, did uh, beans end up partaking of the fermented root? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. But it's okay. It's okay. Beans is invisible, so wait to see. And and also, Beans has three fish, a butterfly, and a frog. <laughs> Andy, so well, Huey, Dewey, don't and count them out just yet. Yeah, yeah, they're hanging out with Boltzmann at they're the moment. They're hanging out with Boltzmann, but, but yeah, yeah, they're hanging out with their <laughs> their. No, uncle. no, I wasn't able to teleport them since they are living beings. The fish are probably dead now. <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, flopping on the ground where Boltzmann used to be back in the garden. Whoops. I'm sorry, Beans. If it's any consolation, I think Miss Motoko probably ate them. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Bernard was a bit of an ass. <laughs> That's what you get for biting my medulla oblongata, <laughs> says Boltzmann. <laughs> medulla oblongata? I barely know her. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, okay, so, uh, you prepare to leave, uh, it sounds like, and the, 
the uh, circle is ready as well. Uh, they show you to uh, a door on the back side of the village. If you had entered at the front, you are now going out the back. Same thing where they um, uh, create a doorway where the fibers of these trees move aside uh, for you. And um, on the other side, it seems uh, even darker. But um, Sindhu comes with you, but she is very slow. Um, uh, so as you kind of come to this point on a hill where you peek over this log, it's about like, it's a fallen over tree that looked like it was, um, five feet in diameter and you peek over it. Uh, you can see down, uh, this hill sloping down and the fog clears a little bit just because it all fills, uh, this grove. It's a dead grove actually, um, where there is a lake of boiling sap and uh, a gigantic tree, the queen of the forest tree with a diameter of, oh, somewhere around 20 feet, extending high, high into the air, um, almost too high to judge, really. And uh, But all along the side of the tree is this deep, charred scar. Um, all other greenery in the area is shriveled and dead. <clears throat> At the base of the tree is a bustle of activity, and you see there are... Um, some towns workers down there. Uh, there's a group of townspeople that seem just exhausted and are laying down. Um, and then there are others that are working on cutting the tree down and they're working a giant, gigantic version of one of those two man saws. Um, but it's taking eight, eight people to operate this thing. Um, are they trying to take that into queen of the forest? Yes. Um, it looks like they're maybe f- 15% in to the trunk of the tree. Asher comments that the way they're cutting it is uh, kind of stupid and wood, woodcutters would know this, um, that the way that it would, it's cutting, if they were to fell the tree, the trunk would shunt aside and squash all of them before it fell. Oh, wow. You should tell them that, Asher. He says, yeah. I don't know if they'll listen, but, you know, we should probably try to stop them. Hey, they think you're a, they think you're a werewolf, right? <laughs> I kind of am a werewolf. Yeah, so they listen to a werewolf. Hey, hey, people over there, yo, we got a professional woodcutter. These people are possessed, right? So you hear the uh... Asha? Am I correct that these people all of us shout into are possessed by the fog? Yeah, I think so, and um, everybody in the circle tenses up because uh, you hear shuffles. Um, as out of the fog, uh, a number of animated trees are coming your direction. You're welcome. <laughs> You're um, cutting it wrong, though, just saying. <laughs> I guess we are headed into combat. All right. Um, Boltzmann will gust a major armor, I guess. <laughs> I think my first one has run out. We've spent more than eight hours. <laughs> sure. Uh yeah, uh, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Woot woot. Uh oh. Well, at least I rolled a one on this. That's fine. <laughs> I rolled a three. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Watson's got a 19. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I have a six in total. Six in total. Okay. Just really awkward because Boltzmann probably needs the most time to figure out his moves, whereas Olive and I can just go run a punch, a run away. Um, <laughs> so Roberta goes. Shh, darn it. Uh, um, and then he goes, oh, 
no, no, this is perfect. You, you created the distraction. So they go off to sneak around <laughs> the other side of the forest. Uh, they're going to try to set up their magic circle close to the tree if they can get to it. Um, and uh, we come to Boltzmann's turn. All right. Uh, so these tree people are, are coming toward us. Yes, there are five of them. Crazy. Uh, Boltzmann is going to... Uh, how far away are they? Uh, at this point, 40 feet. 40 feet. Uh, Boltzmann will cast a uh, fifth level synaptic static as uh, his astral limbs tense up and um, whatever thought activity these these trees have is going to try and interrupt through electrical means and they may all make an intelligence saving throw. Okay. Um, uh, one of them rolled a 20. The other ones were all very bad. Uh, okay. All under 10 for the other ones. All right. Uh, so I rolled very poorly on my damage. Uh, it's going to be 20 damage to to uh, all the ones that failed. And um, every time it uh, it attacks or makes an ability check, it's going to roll a d6 and, and um, subtract that from its roll, as well as uh, constitution saving throws to maintain concentration. And the one that succeeded on the save with a natural 20 is going to take half the damage, is going to take... Um, it's going to take 10 damage. Boltzmann will start his blade song, go into like a combat stance with his uh, muscular, dull, uh, psychic arms, <laughs> and is going to draw draw a harpoon from his from his torso and hold it into one of the astral arms. I suppose I can attack with the astral arms themselves, right? I don't need that. And then uh, Mr. Langley will uh, whip out a... Oh, no, Mr. Langley will uh, stand next to Boltzmann and protect him since I used my bonus action to start my blade song. That's going to be my turn. Okay, excellent. A uh, very strong start as it looks like um, already two of the trees I'm using uh, swarm rules. So uh, the HP you deal to the swarm as a whole will reduce the numbers. So um, the, it looks like two of them have already dropped their limb arms and, and grown limp as the other three are advancing. Um, you feel uh, a, a dark presence uh, cast its attention on you at this point and go, what is this? And going to um, each of you, please take, make a wisdom saving throw. Could I counterspell this? Am I seeing something? Um, you, I, let's see. You can see there is a figure on the sap in the little sap pond um, and it stands some six feet tall and is covered in what looks like amber glistening armor and uh, it does seem to be using an ability I think it is a spell like ability so sure I'm going to say yeah I think you can counterspell this oh, okay I'm going to Boltzmann is going to t use a reaction to try and counterspell this and uh is it a spell that's over level three? Um, roll me a quick Arcana check. That's a two. That's a two plus nineteen for a total of twenty-one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't get one, so uh, yeah. The, this was basically just because this isn't a spell you would know. Uh, so you sense that it is around level five. Okay. Um, 
I will uh, I will I will row for it. Okay. And so the just for the players, uh, this is counterspell. You're casting at the third level. Yes. And so the DC. And I rolled an I rolled an eighteen. Rolled an eighteen. Plus, yeah, plus a lot of intelligence. So. Oh a... oh wow yeah okay that that works. <laughs> and it we come to Olive's turn at this point. I'm forty feet away. Can you describe the situation for me, please? Sure. Uh, you are um, behind a log at the top of a hill and these trees have advanced up the hill toward you and uh, they are about 40 feet away. Um, the sap pond is about 60 feet, starts at about 60 feet beyond you and the uh, figure standing in the center of that pond is uh, probably another 40 feet. Do I have the ability to astral punch things? Yes. I vomited up the wasabi. Okay. All right. Um... Is the figure in the sap the granddaughter? Uh, yes. She is um, standing quite a bit taller than any of the Myconids, but you can tell there's this buildup of sap seems to be controllable by the monster. Is she a Myconid? Is she a, like one foot tall mushroom? She's a three and a half foot tall mushroom um, enhanced by all this uh, sap armor. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm here to distract and punch and incapacitate. So my plan is I will head towards the granddaughter through the field of evil little trees. And since I have a 55 foot movement, that means I'm going to move 55 feet towards the granddaughter, punching evil trees on the way. So I've rolled four to hits and I've got four damages. Is that possible, DM? Absolutely. Um, what are your to hits? Uh, I'll just tell you the armor class is 14. These are ah. easy to hit. 27, 21, 23, and 30. All right, four hits. Yeah. And so I'd like to imagine that Olive doesn't really like biting down on trees. The branches stick in the roof of your mouth, and it's uncomfortable. So <laughs> instead of, like, biting these enemies, what I'm doing is for my unarmed strike is I would like to tail whip them, because I, I am an alligator with a tail, and kick them to protect my precious hands. Especially while running, I imagine that's a very effective method. So, Ooh, parkour, uh, parkour off the trees. Wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, uh, I, I would hit the first, how many enemies are there? It's swarm math, so I should just tell you the, the total. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and hit, tell me the hit damage. Okay, uh, I'm going to add three these four numbers up. together. 42 damage total. Oh, wow. Uh, if 9 plus 13 plus 7 plus 13 is 42. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, we're down to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we're down to two of these uh, trees still up and operating as your uh, tail has just wailed on some of the limbs here. And you've made it to um, pretty much the end of, of the pond. And you can see pretty clearly here um, from here uh, the creature standing on. What what seems to be like some solidified floor of solid amber sap. Granddaughter Honey Scamp. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, that brings us to Beans. Okay. So out of nowhere. The invisible. Uh, 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 yeah, quite literally. <laughs> An invisible Beans. You know how cats, when they... They, they can leap and all, all four of their paws just aim straight forward like when they land on you their claws dig into your entire body and they try and like run 
around you and the claws just go... <laughs> well, this is what happens to one of those trees where Beans lands on, still invisible, so they feel <laughs> nothing, and then Beans just starts running straight up and, like, clawing as we go, so shredding the bark as he runs up to the top. Uh, for those same four hits that Olive gets, um, the lowest of my rolls was a 20. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that's that's yeah, with four the... Hits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also get sneak attack because I have one level in Rogue. Yep, that invisibility. <laughs> and that invisibility is pretty sweet, so that's a total of 50 damage. It's all magical, if that helps, uh, as with Olive's. Uh, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Awesome show, you guys. I love monks. Um, <laughs> and then, so we're we, all, we're then we'll use the rest tree. of our then we'll use the rest of our movement just to run off behind the other tree and hide behind a non-living tree, if at all possible. Not specifically using the hide action, but thematically going. I'm a crouch somewhere. Okay, <laughs> it made sense visually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I get it. Um, all right, so uh, the tree, um, after that that beating and the other two going limp, uh, uh, turns around to come and find you and take a swipe for a slam attack. Um, 18 to hit, Beans? Uh, no, actually, no. Aha, braces <laughs> of defense are actually a good idea for once. <laughs> and swish and a miss at this point. Um, you can hear... Um, Velvetti is the name of the granddaughter, and you can hear her in the... You know that movie thing where you hear a person's voice, but then you hear a deeper voice behind it at the same time, and she goes like, <clears throat> uh, go get them! And five little blobs of sap crawl out of the uh, sap pond, and they are all... You can almost see through them, except for that they've blackened quite a bit, and they crawl forward very slowly. They slink along. Um, <laughs> they, uh, I think they only have like 10 movement. That's oh, 20. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to say they, they crawl along from the whole side of the pond, so um, only two of them can get to Olive right now. No, those were crap rolls, so neither of them hit. So those were summoned. I dodge out of the way of the incredibly slow with my monk alligator reflexes. I uh, barrel roll to the side. Barrel roll. <laughs> I mean, feasibly, you could probably could just lift your foot up. <laughs> I, I, I gently step over them. Yeah. And actually, they're small um, saps. Sap. So basically a gelatin monster. <laughs> um, but we come uh, to the... Uh, the Druid Circle has now approached um, kind of from the, not completely the other side, but from an angle, from an angle have approached the tree and Asher leading has just run in with astral arms five feet ahead of him, um, wailed in swiping at um, some of his fellow co-workers actually at the mill and uh, four of them fall down asleep from the astral blows. They are completely exhausted. Oh, I could have been doing that. Oops. <laughs> um, and Boltzmann. So how far away is Velvetti? About 100, about 100 feet from you. About 100 feet from me? Yes. Okay. And the trees are in between? Um, 
most of them are down and you are on a hill so um yes but they are between okay uh boltzmann is going to uh i think the, i think the monk friends are are well gone right like you are bunching people uh bunching trees more likely <laughs> i'm making salad um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> boltzmann grabs mr langley by the shoulder and says my faithful assistant, let's do this. Let's try out these bad boys for science. And dimension doors uh, next to uh, Velvetti, together oh. with Mr. Langley. Uh, ten feet away, and then as a bonus action, he will, cast, he will command Mr. Langley to attack using his arcane <laughs> assault rifle, uh, the, the Wand of Magic Missiles. <laughs> Is this key astral punching too <laughs> um i guess it's force damage i think uh it's it's probably a bad idea but mr langley oh uh, he will just he will just attack normally he will just uh, do a normal attack to see if that actually hurts the person he's not gonna he's not gonna kill her in one blow right he's got one attack uh and that is a 27 to hit that hits uh, Mr. Langley has a force-empowered rend, so uh, the damage he does is force damage. Some uh, energy crackles between his uh, monkey arms, between the uh, the two cuffs that he's got on. He's got like a nice little bow tie and cuffs. And um, he uh, slashes at this myconid grandchild with force damage. And let's see if that, uh, what, what that does. It's going to be seven damage. Um, so you see, um, you teleport, you're standing on, uh, solid sap amber and it's, it's really sticky. You know, if you've ever worked with wood, uh, you know, out, out in the forest, cut limbs or whatever, and it gets on your clothes and it just can't even, you, you can wash it with alcohol and it just still sticks. Um, but, uh, so he swing the Mr. Langley swings forward to attack and, um, punches through some of this armor crack and you can see the myconid uh inside the armor this sap armor wince heavily as it takes uh as the girl takes six damage okay so that uh but she's still is she still up correct um roll uh medicine that's a 16 for medicine uh she's pretty hurt i mean she is just a youngster okay all right hey science done <laughs> If you force rend children, then they get hurt. This is good to know, Mr. Lagney. It's all to save these these people. And that's going to be my my turn. Okay. Um <clears throat> she turns uh yeah, she she uh turns to you um and kind of s screeches and um and then targets you and uh, Mr. Langley make uh, wisdom thro saving throws. Counterspell. Uh, go ahead. Uh, do, do an I'm going to do a fourth level counterspell. Okay. Fifth level. Go ahead. And fourth level. Oh, fourth level. Roll. The spell is fifth level. I'll roll. Uh, the spell is sixth level. Sixth level. Okay. Um, I'm going to need that bless. Gives me a 1d4 to this, right? Um, does it apply? It does attack rolls and saving throws. Oh, okay. I thought ability checks too. Uh, in that case, that's going to be a 4 plus 9. A 13 is not enough. Unfortunately, no. Um, but you can add your bless 
to the wisdom saving throw, and it's a guaranteed plus four. That's cocked. That's a 16 plus five, including the bless. Okay. Uh, 21 total. Oh, that does pass. Okay. Um, and Mr. Langley, I will roll for, for Mr. Langley. Nat 20. Of course, Mr. Langley is the most solid <laughs> butler there is. <laughs> awesome. I just <laughs> I just read that uh, constructs are immune to this effect. So, <laughs> okay. Um, does Warforged race say something like that on their race description about being affected? No. By okay. So you you I are affected, I but know. not the not the uh, not Mr. Langley. So um, so you only take half damage. So that's nine psychic damage, as she uh, howls. Due to the crown of Polaris, I have resistance to psychic damage, so I'll half that nine to a four. Oh wow! And we come to Olive's turn. Olive was about five feet from the edge of the sap pond. Yes. She can run across liquids, so in her mind, she's going to run across the sap pond. Now, whether or not that works with the stickiness of the feet that's about to happen, we'll see. I attempt um, to run towards the three and a half foot tall grandchild Velvetia. You have a very high movement, right? It's in the, like the 50s? 55 feet. Yeah, so you can run over it because it's mostly water. Um, because it's sticky, it's it's like having your movement speed, but you do make it to the um, solid sap center in the middle of the pond. <laughs> I use my movement to kind of like, if you could jump while you were running, and and then there's a... A certain I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. There's a certain wrestler for WWE who likes to jump in midair and like Superman punch um things. <laughs> okay, I have Roman Reigns, the little girl, and I I try to like um hold out both fists and just like you know, plow into her. Um yeah. <laughs> with so, the astral arms? Yeah. Okay. Uh, magically yeah, sure. punch the child. I magically punch the child. <laughs> <laughs> So my to hits uh, for math, what this looks like, um, is a 19 to hit. Uh, no, that, that just misses. A 21 to hit? Yes, that hits. A natural one for a 12 to hit, which misses, and a, another 21 to hit. So that's, uh, that's two only, only two hits. So as I'm, as I'm soaring in the air past her, I miss with the first fist, but I hit with the second, and I snap the tail to get her on the way past. So that is <laughs> 21 damage astrally to the little girl. And if you'd like me to land in a heap afterwards, that's fine. No, I think um, I think you are perfectly capable of all of this as, as such a powerful monk <laughs> at this point. Um, you notice a dark shadow kind of shift out of her body slightly and then just slightly attach back in. But it looks like um, you're very close to uh, knocking it out with your astral arms. Beans, we're close. You can do it. I don't know where you are because I can't see you. But I shout in general. No, not many people can. <laughs> and go. Uh, it is Bean's turn. Okay, so so we just got the one nasty tree to take care of, right? Okay. <laughs> so my thinking is, it's basically just going to be, you know, run back and scratch it right up again. So we're going to do this bit by bit because... It may die after four hits because I rolled my four times and uh, it's a 15, 23, 28 and 30. So if one will, you know, if one, I mean, if one will shred it, shred it up, then we can save those 
until we run into the into the fray with the rest of the team. So, we'll do this bit by bit, and do the do the damage one by one, and you can tell me whether it it crumbles sure. into into woody sawdust. What's the first hit? Damage. The first hit is a eleven damage. Um, yeah, when it takes that, uh, is it a punch? Uh, no, it's a scratch, magical scratch. scratch. I've got claws. I've got claws. Why would I punch? Okay, when it takes that that scratch, it's uh, it's looking very worse for wear. So, would you like to roll the second damage? Yes, the second damage would be an eight, and that takes it down. Okay, so we two like very much like Zorro. We scratch a a quick B in it, and it's like, oh no, can't <laughs> take it. Oh, and the tree dramatically goes down, like oh. Then we've got two hits left to go. So, uh, so yeah, we had a. So that was using the fifteen and the twenty-three. So we've got a twenty-eight and a thirty left, and I've got sixty-five feet of movement. So I reckon I can probably get towards this, this, this child that everyone seems to be wanting to beat up. <laughs> um, so you are about. 20 feet from the edge of the sap. Um, uh-huh. And then you're trying to get about 15 feet of a jump in. Oh, I can also but, run across it. Because and monk, you can monk, run across monk, it. Monk, um, monk, baby. So if you jump, it won't slow down your movement. If you walk on it, it will take double movement to, to cross because it's sticky. It is. Okay. Uh, actually, uh, what I'm going to do is activate my feline agility because that will double my movement speed for this turn and this turn only. So I can run like run into the middle, have a couple of scratches, and then I'll have enough to run out the other side as well. <laughs> do my classic bean strafing run. So I will go and do that beans like road runner. The, uh, the legs start twirling around in circles. <laughs> go... <laughs> Like the sap flies everywhere as Bean sprints across the surfaces of this uh, sap pond. Just does two quick zoop zoop as we go past um, for a total of 21 damage. So you did not eat the wasabi, right? So you're not attacking no. with astral limbs? Nope. Just okay, so re- you're punching regu- the, the little magical, girl? I guess, if you want to put it that way. Sure. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm going with... Uh, can Boltzmann interfere since he just did the science? I'm going with the the DM rule that's uh, usually in place that you can do non-lethal on on this if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, like Especially as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm con- as far as I'm concerned, default damage is non-lethal. Okay, um, okay, so you you knock out the the little girl mushroom. She's uh, three and a half feet tall. She goes limp in this. Um, in this structure, the statulite structure of amber plates, and uh, the this black roiling shadow rises from her. Can you read me the total of that damage again? Sorry. Uh, that was 21 magical slashing damage. Excellent. And uh, the rest of Beans' movement is more or less skidding across the... Re- or like skimming like a stone, just like slap, <laughs> slash, slash, trying to stop and goes, ah, boing, boing, boing. Oh, oh! But it makes that sound that your shoe makes on linoleum when you leave the black mark, like squeak, because yeah, yeah. it's sticky. So like you're ripping it. <laughs> and then we land on the other side oh, of the the uh, the pond. 
But I can't okay. move. Actually, uh, I don't think I can move next turn. I'll just double check that. But that's the end of beans is ten. Okay. Um, actually, no, I I can move. I just can't use that uh, feline agility until I move zero feet on one of my turns. Okay. So uh, a, um, a, a a green cloud of poison roils up from the uh, sap pond. But I know all of you. <laughs> Are immune to poison. I read your sheets. We all huff it. But she doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> um, Bugs, the saps... we get some in the jar. We, wanna... <laughs> we can replicate it. <laughs> Olive, when did you turn into a gas again? <laughs> I farted. <laughs> uh, okay, so the little uh, the saps sap monsters um they start making their way toward the tree and you see uh asher is uh going to the other side of the tree and stopping them from continuing to cut down the tree you're doing it wrong you gotta cut it like this (laughs) (laughs) and uh it looks like um roberta rosam is able to cast her magic circle and the druid circle gathers around and all channel energy into this circle and you can see the first magic circle lights up and then uh, another circle starts to form inside. It is now Boltzmann's turn. So two questions. Uh, how is uh, Valvedi looking and uh, how is the tree looking? Uh, Valvedi, Valvedi is not looking good. She's been through quite an ordeal um, even before being punched. And uh, the tree is still quite solid. Um it is the the lightning has done quite a bit of damage and scarred it along the side where the the sap pond is um but the it looks like the workers were not able to get very far into cutting it you guys made it here in quick time okay with that so teleport. they're not they're not really making progress with that no nope. okay and by Volvedi, i mean the sap monster not the little girl inside i know the little girl is unconscious oh how is the sap monster looking so it's in kind of like a spectral form now um so some of its attributes have changed, but uh, the damage done to it previously is still there. A little above game talk. Okay. Um, Boltzmann is going to extend his astral hand and says, Stop messing with my mind! And is going to cast a hold monster, Ooh. trying to uh, paralyze this creature. This spell has no effect on undead. It may make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Um, as you reach out to cast this, she burns a spell slot and counterspells it at the fifth level. Counterspell the counterspell. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it, you guys. We've achieved the goal. You've <laughs> achieved. We're at the Magic the Gathering stack now. Um, yeah, I don't think she's cancel. expecting that. So go ahead and cancel. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and okay, do your uh, spell. Yeah, uh, what was? I the... don't have a fifth level slot. I'm gonna use a burn a fourth level slot to to do this. Okay. And I rolled a nineteen, so that's gonna be a success. Absolutely. Counterspelling her counterspell, so the whole monster will go through. Excellent. What was that and save again? Sorry. A wisdom saving throw. Wisdom. Uh, she rolled eleven. That's a fail. So uh, she's paralyzed right now. And at the end of each of her turns, uh, she can make another wisdom saving throw to end this uh, 
paralyzed condition. But for now, Boltzmann is uh, using, uh, like he did with the trees, where uh, he was using their own own mind energy against them. Uh, he is fully paralyzing whatever is whatever consciousness is within this thing, so it can't move. He knows all about how minds and bodies interact because he's a brain in a jar. And he's now going to disable that process on this sap monster. On um and the the Spectre, the pestilence creature? Yes. Okay. Yep, it is disabled. Uh by the paralyzed condition. Yeah. Paralyzed creatures incapacitated, can't move, can't speak, can't take actions, can't take reactions. Oh no, sorry. Autom- I'm not used to running creatures this powerful. It, it condition immunities uh does have paralyzed. Damn it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Boltzmann is contained it and then uh, this, this creature's mind just uh, is is as liquid as its body and just uh, breaks free from his grasp. Slips out. Yes. No! That's uh, going to be uh, my turn. And Mr. Langley just uh, stands back and fans Boltzmann <laughs> to calm him down <laughs> in this moment of stress. And gets ready to deflect any attacks uh, that may come in. Um, okay, so at this point you feel kind of like a roiling um, hatred coming from from this form. Not in the form of words, you just feel it. And uh, each of you please make a wisdom saving throw. That die slipped from my hand and it was a natural one. Okay. Non-natural 20 and uh, let me know if that fails because I have diamond soul. That succeeds. Uh, 23. And that also succeeds. Um, let me see. There's actually no half damage on this thing, so uh, you're clear. Uh, Boltzmann takes 14 psychic damage, which I know is half. to 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, and then you use your reaction to make a melee attack against one creature of the Pestilence's choice. So, um, I believe the Pestilence used their reaction to cast Counterspell. You're right. Oh. Smart players, yay. <laughs> Although it, it is her turn, so she might get a reaction back. Damn, did I just talk myself out of that one? I think you did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I would have loved to for it to have worked out for you, but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, go, go ahead and roll attack on Mr. Langley. Just a melee attack. I need to roll melee attack on Mr. Langley. <laughs> Yes. Don't make me do this, DM. Okay, so in the name of science, I'm going to attack with my astral arms. <laughs> oh no, Mr. Langley. Uh, and the question I have is, are these considered a magic weapon? Because as, in, as a battlesmith artificer, I use my intelligence bonus for attacks with magical weapons. So the question is, is this... Uh, I, w- I mean, personally, I would say so. They're literally made of magic, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's good to know. How do you kill a monkey like this? Oh, Boltzmann is just going to be so sad. But it's not a spell attack. It's just going to be a plus 14 to hit. (laughs) (laughs) Simply a plus 14. That's a total of 28. Oh, wow. What did you do? What's what's the damage roll on this this weapon? It's an unarmed strike. So whatever your unarmed strike damage is. Uh, I suppose it's a 1. Plus my intelligence bonus, which I, is uh, plus nine. The, the monks in the group will tell you that an unarmed strike does a d4 of damage, I think. That's what I started no, I out think at. For, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For monks, it's a D4, but I think for, for regular robots like myself... I think for regular, like it's myself, your strength modifier. Really? It's, yeah. It's one plus, yeah. plus your strength modifier, but given that this is my astral form, I'm adding my intelligence to it since it's a magic, ah. a magic weapon. So it's one plus nine in this case. So I'm doing 10 damage to Mr. Langley as I clang him in the robotic head with my <laughs> muscular astral hand. <laughs> I learned something today. <laughs> your poor, your poor monkey robot. Yeah. Um, I mean, in in his defense, I think at this point, like uh, Mr. Langley was just like trying to polish a certain bit and like managed to like tweak Boltzmann somewhere. So he just turned around and go, <laughs> Langley, you fool! <laughs> just cuffs, cuffs him around the ear. Hang on a bit. Mr. Langley automatically takes a dodge action when I don't make him do something. So I roll with disadvantage, and the second one is a twenty-nine. So he takes ten damage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, um, we have three attacks, uh, two coming at Olive and one coming at Beans. Um, one of them clearly missed. It was bad. So I have a 27 and a 28. 27 for Olive and a 28 to hit Beans. That hits me. Uh, is that like a melee thing? Yes. Because B- Beans is currently about 30 feet away. They both hit me. Oh, you ran away. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I missed that Beans somehow. always runs away. That's Yeah, no worries. Um, Strafing. Okay. He's got those feet that lets him disengage and strafe attack. Yeah. Right. Olive does not. So she's right here. What'd you hit okay. me with? <laughs> uh, we're just going with the average. So 19 psychic damage. Oh, total? Yes. Okay. That's not that bad. I'm still at 96 hit points, I think. <laughs> oh, actually, those, sorry. There, there was two hits because Beans was gone. So yeah, that's two 19s. Sorry about that. 38. Yeah. I uh I'm especially weak to psychic attacks cuz I don't know how to punch them. So like they bother me a lot. And I hold my head and I'm like, "Get out of my head." <laughs> 77 hit points left. Okay. Um it's your turn, Olive. Holding my head, screaming about how everybody's like I need some personal space. <laughs> okay, everybody's way too close today. <laughs> this is not appropriate. So, uh I fling my arms into everything there's a gray gas cloud around me i guess and i'm punching it astrally yeah it's a dark shadowy form it's floating up uh, above uh velvetti it's a very akira moment where i'm just i've had enough i'm gonna akira out on you guys (laughs) (laughs) my astral powers have become alive because i'm just full of rage and so I astral punch for a 16, a 30, a natural 20, and a non-natural 20 to hit. So uh, it's a 31 uh, on the natural 20. Okay, so um, three of those hit, and, and you also get to roll crits on those, right? Okay, so the 16 doesn't hit then? Okay. Mm-mm. So that's 12 damage, and then 14 damage, and then 13 damage. I don't know, like, if, if it looks like the gas, I, I guess, is going to die... I guess I'll decide whether or not to keep punching it. I I wouldn't like punch an unconscious. This is weird. I wouldn't normally punch an enemy if they fell unconscious, but like this is a gas cloud. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me the know. total on those? Um, okay, it didn't drop. No. Okay, well then, if it doesn't drop unconscious and I pummel it fully, that's 39 damage. Okay. This makes a lot more sense for other enemy types to divide up the damage. Anyway, so 39... <laughs> the gas cloud from the astral punches from the upset monk (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it feels it feels those, and you can see it uh, the the sh- the shadowy form of it um, roil from from your hits, and it goes. You're alive. This is wrong. Beans, you're up. Okay. Um, just quickly, talk to me about the the peeps that were cutting down the tree. Uh, what are they? How are they looking at the moment? What are they up to? Um, about six of them are asleep now um, in awkward positions laying around the tree. Um, and two of them are trying to fight off Asher. They're not looking like they're going to be there much longer. Okay, so we don't really need to worry about them. Got it. Okay. Fun, 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 fun time. Okay, what we're going to do is use my, whatever it's called, super teleporting skill, Shadow Step uh, in... Darkness or dim light, I can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space I can pick, and then I have advantage on the first melee attack I make before the end of the turn. So, Beans is gonna teleport to the space above the sap monster <laughs> and come in for an aerial attack. Um, <laughs> uh, smack, well, not smack, slice twice. Hey, that rhymes, nice. Slice for twice is nice. The first, first one with advantage. Uh, so that's a 26 and a 28 to hit. Those hit. Lovely. And that's that's 25 magical slashing damage off that. And then right. I will, because I do have that handy 65 feet of movement speed, I will just sprint back across the lake. Uh, that 30 two-ish feet away, and because I have the mobile feet, I don't um, have any opportunity attacks coming against me. Excellent. Boo, boo, All boo. Right. Um, uh, up around um, where you're at, uh, Beans, um, a massive uh, vine springs from the ground and tries to trap you. Uh, if you do, uh, give me a strength saving throw. Ooh, strength. That's not great. Rolled out. How's a how's a fifteen grab you? That's a oh, fail. Do you have diamond soul beans? I do, so I can spend a key point to re-roll it. But I've got a plus four to strength saving throws, so don't hold your breath, anyone. Diamond soul Ooh. gives you proficiency in all your saving throws as well. Yeah, no, that no, that that oh, is with that's it. With yeah. proficiency, but, but, oh. but I can use the, the that key point to re-roll mm. it, and I rolled. Don't forget you have bless. Yes, you have bless. I did forget about that, but I, re- I rolled a bit better on that one. So without the bless, that's a uh, an unnatural twenty. Okay, that passes. Hey, and you're able to meow, dance around it like an agile cat that you are. Um, okay, the saps uh, try to climb over the the roots to get to you. Two of them take swipes at you. Not not enough, I know for your for your high level. Um, so the druid circle. You can donate spells, um, and the way this mechanic works is um, you cast the spell the way you normally would, using an action and your spell slot. It has to be a leveled spell. Um, If you donate spells to the Druid Circle by sending it to uh, Scarlet or to Roberta, they will channel that power into the circle instead of uh, the effect of your spell happening. So um, just... Just something that is in play now that their circle has gotten going. They have got um, two more rings of the circles inside the inner ring 
have now filled it is now four circles and they're working on their last one. Boltzmann, you're up. Will the magic circles automatically suck in the the monster? Or do we that also was, need to bring her? That was uh, the hope that when Roberta was explaining it to you, yes. That was the hope. Okay. Um, I think we're doing all right here. I uh, Like we, we're holding off this, this monster for now. So I think Boltzmann is going to swipe twice using his muscular astral arms at this at this uh this astral being okay and um so plus 14 so the first one is a 31 oh yeah that and hits. a nat 20 that also hits yep which doubles my one damage to a two plus nine <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... so that's 10 damage and then 11 damage for a total of 21 to the gas cloud all right it's still up, um, but but that did do, do um, damage. Do you have any more action? And as Boltzmann punches this gas cloud, he says, That's right, I am alive. More so than I've ever been. And um, that's going to be my action. That's going to be my full turn. Um, you get a mental image from Miss Makoto. Um, uh, some townspeople were throwing eggs at the hut, but... Uh, she poked her head out, and they just ran away after they saw that beast. <laughs> Good girl. <laughs> uh, okay. In Boltzmann's head, he's also profusely apologizing to Mister Langley. <laughs> I think um, the Pestilence flies over to Beans. Do Why? I get an opportunity attack? Yes. Sweet. Does a seventeen hit? Uh, it does not. I tried. Uh, the I highest... have a twenty-nine on my attack. Oh, yeah, that hits. <laughs> so that's 10, ten more damage. Punch by punch. <laughs> we'll get there. We're knocking we'll this thing there. down. Yeah, you're chewing it down. Um, okay, so I rolled four attacks against um, ah. beans, but only one of them rolled very high. So uh, that was a 22 to hit. Yep. And just going to go with average again. Uh, that's another uh, 19 psychic damage. Okie dokies. Olive's turn. I'm imagining the psychic damage to Beans is like he's up on stage and everyone's cheering. He hates it. Yeah, it's it's, it's basically, you know, you're standing at a, a karaoke thing and they're like, actually, no, no, I've got a better one. Um, Beans is like an open mic comedy night. Oh, no. And people oh, are heckling. No. It's like, so... There's this thing about fish, right? And they go, yeah, you rubbish, Beans. <laughs> <laughs> Go cough up a furball. It's Olive's turn. Okay. Um, How far away is the smoke monster? We're just like they're cheering for you, but they're calling you boots. It's... uh... (laughs) He cringed. Okay. Um, 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay. Even if my movement is reduced... Well, 55 reduced. I guess I couldn't get to it if it's difficult terrain and it's halved. So I guess I uh, move closer and that's my turn. If you did a jump or, or something like that, don't you have some cool monkey jump stuff? Monkey. Monk, <laughs> monk jump thing? Uh, you ought to be able to, Olive, because you still have a five foot reach with your punchy punch. Yeah. Okay. So even if, it's, is... even if it's, it fits 30 feet away, even if you can get 25 feet, you've got a five foot reach. Okay. All right. 
Um, with the tips of my fist, I punch. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Yeah, go for All right. it. Then um, a natural one. So that's Uh-oh. a 12 to hit. I assume that misses. That does miss, yes. Okay, and then 24, 26, and 22 to hit for hit. 33 damage total to the smoke monster using the astral projection. And I'm still screaming about my headache. And I'm like, if you're not going to do math, <laughs> you got to get out, pay rent, or leave. <laughs> and that ends my turn. Um, all right. Uh, so at this point, the. Um, Monster sees what's going on with the circle and seems very panicked. It does seem pretty worn down from your guys' attacks as well. Beans, you're up. Okay. Uh, Beans is going to, after being heckled so cruelly by people calling him boots. (laughs) um, And also, we don't like the idea of uh, a nasty little monster coming over here and heckling us. So we're going to... Punch it uh, twice again. One is a natural 20. The other one is a 28 for 30 damage. Magical slashing once again. And then we just look at it directly and then teleport over towards to the other side of the lake, 60 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the loser now? (laughs) Um, Hopefully it will follow and we could just repeat (laughs) the same action. So at this point... um, all of the townspeople are uh, are knocked out by astral arms. It looks like, and the uh, uh, and it looks like Asher's contending with the saps, which is really easy. They're very slow, and he's very um, strong and fast. So he he's dancing around them, slashing at them with his uh, astral werewolf claws. And yes, do your combat dance, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> Uh, the circle fills some more. It looks like that final ring is filling quite a bit more slowly. It looks like we're getting to about uh, 60%, I mean 40% full on that. So, And that brings us to Boltzmann's turn. Okay, so the final ring is going very slow? Yeah. Boltzmann is... Uh, can he donate a spell slot from here? You are on the... So, as long as you can see the ring um, and you're within, I'd say, like 60 feet... Uh, yeah, I'd say you're a little too far um, standing on that because uh, it's behind the tree. Um, okay. Uh, presuming that donating a spell slot is not a spell, not casting a spell? It, it is casting a spell. Go- it's it's just that the effect is donated and rather than effects, the power goes to... Uh, okay. So I can't misty step and then donate a spell. Um, you can if one of those is a bonus action and one of them is an action, for example. Yeah, but but because it would be casting two spells, but... Uh, oh, right. Gotcha. If you say I can, then... Um, a Misty Step is a leveled spell, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, but but if you can, with your movement, All right, get, then get a better viewpoint. Boltzmann is going, yeah, Boltzmann is going to... Uh, I think he's 100 feet away or something, so he's going to take a page from Beans's book and sees Beans manipulating the shadows, instantly comprehends it, <laughs> runs forward, tears open the shadow himself, leaving a sizable tear in this forest, <laughs> hops through, only manages to do 30 feet, but is still on the other side of this uh, uh, this gas monster and starts punching it again <laughs> uh, with both of his astral uh, muscle fists. These attacks are rolling really well. That's another 30 
And a 17. That's not very good. Okay. Um, so you see the, the shadow dissipates, um, but then from, from the gash in the tree itself, the shadow begins to reemerge. But uh, it's taking its entire turn to do so, which brings us to so all it's. Up. Oh, unless you... it's dissipated and it's back in the tree. Yeah. Did you take your full turn though? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did take my full turn. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I didn't uh, say the damage yet because those were my attack rolls. It takes ten damage because I presume the seventeen misses. Yeah. So effectively, above game, what happens here is it went down to zero hit points, but has an ability that keeps it at one um, because it's tied to this tree in the spring for now. Okay. Um, and we're at Olive's turn. How far away is the tree with the shadow coming out of it? You're very close, because uh, it's close to where you were standing already. So um, 15, 5, 10, 15 feet. All right. Even if I have half movement, I can get there with my 55. So I walk over to it, and I look down on it, and I'd like to see what I see. What do I see? You see um, down into this uh, charred crack at the bottom of the tree where the roots splay out. There's a triangle of damage and um, the shadow is roiling in the sap there. The sap is kind of moving with it. Um, and the shadow is like uh, a fog and it's, it, they're kind of moving together and it's growing. And what I know about this enemy, I, grandma told me that it's some kind of like alien evil that they sealed inside this tree. That because yeah. of a lightning strike during not a storm has gotten free. So my thought is someone let it out. So I'd like to do a perception check all around me to see if anyone's watching. If it's just me and this gas creature and the, if it's me, the smoke monster from Lost and my friends, you know, that's fine. But I'd like to know if I'm being watched. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Give me that roll, the perception roll. Natural one. <laughs> I think I think the 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 colors of the of the bubbling sap are just somehow fascinating to you and your one, and um, you're just kind of held fascinated by that for right now. Okay, does that burn my turn? No, I'm not. No actions for that. Okay. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm like, wow, that sap's really cool. I think. It's bubbling. That's amazing. So I probably am not aware of anyone or any reason not to do this. So I'm going to, like a bear going after honey, I'm going to rip this tree apart to try to eat the sap. And these unarmed strikes are going to be me getting in there, all up in there. I'm crawling in there. I'm going for it. My okay. alligator mouth is going to be dripping with sap when I'm done with this. And <laughs> the first one is a 27 to hit for 13 damage. That's a bite. You said it had one hit point. Uh, that It does. Yes, I'm going to literally eat it. <laughs> uh, it's a 30 damage total with multiple hits for my Flurry of Blows. And part of Flurry of Blows that might be part of its ability is I can choose that it can't take a reaction until the end of my next turn. And I did hit it with a 30 and a 28 with my Flurry of Blows. So that does... That does hit, and the Flurry of Blows effect is that it can't take a reaction. So if it's a reaction to reanimate, I may have stopped its reincarnation cycle. I don't know. Absolutely. Um, are you are you carving into the tree? Because you said Absolutely. you were going full like bear. A bear. You're, you're Honey badger ripping apart a termite mind. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. Good. Good distinction there. Okay. Yep. And yes, you have. Um, I think you can feel. You can feel that you've you're keeping it from getting any bigger, any kind of reanimation going on. And I'd like uh, to eat a lot of sap. <laughs> <laughs> you're immune to poison. What do I do with this? Um, <laughs> I got to do something because it's fun. Uh, can you roll me a Constitution check? Sure. Seventeen. 17. Okay, cool. Yeah, so your your mouth is not getting stuck shut while you're doing <laughs> But your stomach can totally handle it. <laughs> if not, I'll vomit up later. I'm an alligator. Right, right. Uh, beans? <laughs> beans, we're sorry. <laughs> I mean, what what more is there left to do? It seems all very much all in hand or in mouth in some cases. I'm getting ready to say goodbye to Olive, so I'm trying to just go all out. <laughs> You're trying to kill her before. I think this is very unbrand for Olive, uh, just trying to eat this uh, this magic sap. So far, nothing you've eaten has killed you, so it's, it's a logical yeah. extension of your character. It is written into your flaw, so yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just going to write that down for the finale. Um, if you want Olive to die from eating like a bad taco or something, we can totally sort that out. <laughs> What a way uh, to go. I'm not trying to kill her. I'm just saying my next character's not going to eat stuff, so i got to do it while I can. <laughs> so uh, just to give that, a lay of the land again, we've got the circle uh, mo- getting kind of close to mostly charged, um, and we've got... I, I didn't really expect it, but you guys got the, the monster down and staying down, just not gone. So... <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I... <laughs> You know how you said it's written into her flaw? Yeah. The flaw, Olive's flaw literally is, I indulge in a habit that threatens my health, parentheses, overeating and sedentary lifestyle, was originally written with the intent of I'm becoming, I'm on my way to becoming morbidly obese, but now I have quite literally indulged in eating that threatens my health. (laughs) Sorry, keep going. Keep going. But you're able to work it off. We okay. just need a list. We just need a list of all the stuff Oliver's eaten over the <laughs> no, over the last do. year. <laughs> Absolutely. None of the fans do that. No, don't. Thank you. They can get like, they can get an official Olive's cookbook with like you know moldy curtains and <laughs> evil sap, magical evil sap, and meat brownies. Yeah. Oh, meat, I forgot meat brownies. Beans. And, you started your turn on the opposite side of the lake. So um, you do notice uh, Sindhu, with her very slow walk, has caught up to this point, sees her granddaughter um, knocked out on the center platform and goes, could you bring her to me, please? I mean, yeah, probably. I do not trust that lady as far as I could throw her. I mean, you could throw her pretty far. So what do you want me to do with that information? <laughs> <laughs> You're a better judge of character than I am. Well, if you give me a moment, I just need to go and, like, mess up something real quick. And uh, Beans is going to take out his um, magical boomerang um, and infuse it with the silence spell and just yeet it towards that that magical tree, like, into, like, so it can, like, it just embed in the thing. Let me just roll a quick. That's... Uh, I've got a plus 12 to hit that's assuming being able to hit a like a massive tree that's not going nowhere 
is just going to be a fairly low thing. I think we can probably skip it. It was actually a 24 to hit, if that helps. Um, just to, uh, to hit the tree, yes. Yeah. yeah. So if it helps, that's 10 damage. It is magical um, into the thing. But also emanating from that point is a, I want to say 30, a 20-foot um, sphere of silence. So everything within that 20 feet is deafened and no sound can pass through it. So any spells which require verbal components cannot be cast in that space. Just in case. It's 20 sa- foot radius. 20 foot radius even, yeah. So okay. just in case uh, a- Mr. Sat Monster fancies trying to make any spells during that time. Nah. Then we're just going to spend a bit of time chatting to Granny. And just go, so what's with, you know, the... Well, actually, I've got a couple of questions while I've got you here. <laughs> <laughs> so hey what's with the whole you know burrowing into our minds thing like is that just a thing grannies do i never had one so i didn't really know <laughs> uh she says I- i'm sorry if it's very intrusive but i get visions and they show me many things well it's probably hanging around with all these mushrooms mm-hmm. <laughs> probably your own spores <laughs> that's probably exactly what it is and anyway like you, you know these, like, druids, like the R-R-R lot? Why are they so, like, rockabilly? Sorry, I'm not catching that. Uh, what, what do you mean by rockabilly? Oh, uh, it's just, like, um, like, the, like, the, like the, the leather jackets and the, like, ripped jeans. Oh, yeah, Flit was like, the only one really dressed that way. She's a teenager. Uh, okay. <laughs> from, from the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are we still in initiative? Um, yeah, so we could probably say that's... That's your uh, free action speech there? Yeah, it's like, okay, now I got you. Um, so what, also, where'd you... I mean, I can probably go and fetch her. I mean, I'll be back, like, next turn. <laughs> She's like, what's a turn? <laughs> so, Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. So uh, we, we're just going to uh, paddle our way across um, into the middle to uh, try and pick up. Actually, I'm just going to quickly do something Beans has never done before and do a medicine check on um, the little... Uh, child in the middle, just to make sure everything's hunky-dory and there's no weird goo emanating from any eyeballs, which... Well, I rolled a seven, so how would I know? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's out cold. Um, so you're 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 now... and Are you ending your turn standing in the center of the pond, then? Yep. Okay. Uh, you do see Honey Scamp catch up as well to Sindhu. And we come around to... Uh, uh, the circle looks like it's almost complete, but at this point, Meryl, the Warforged with the armor, goes, I'm dry, and Flit goes, yeah, me too, and she, they just kind of lean over, like, I, I, they just have no energy at this point. Boltzmann. Can Boltzmann have a look at that? Boltzmann's getting a sense of unease uh, from Olive through his... <laughs> empathic telepathic link he's very in tune with her emotions <laughs> and uh he's going to make a, can i make an arcana check to see if this circle is going to do what they say it does oh yeah yeah go ahead and do an arcana check that's a 33 absolutely you can read that the outer circle is the typical magic circle it is made to ward off this spirit the second circle on the inside, you can, they've got like a jar in there. They've, they've taken the jar back from you with the, uh, 
sap inside and um, they're using it as a focus to focus in on this creature where it came from. The, you can read in the runes that it is um, creating an astral gate to that plane and trying to funnel uh, right. the creature out through it. Basic magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boltzmann is going to sigh, wave his hand around and throw him a sixth level spell slot. Okay, uh, roll... Uh, which spell did you cast with when you donated it? Because abjuration spells will do more. Um, okay, let me let me double check that. Is the spell going to have an effect on the uh, on the circle? If you donate an abjuration spell, it will just count as a level higher. Okay, yeah, I can cast a. I can get like a sixth level a counter spell or no, a counter spell as a reaction. Uh, you can donate a reaction. That's fine. Uh, sixth level dispel dispel magic as well. Uh, I'll throw a six, sixth level uh, abjuration spell. Okay, roll that way. Uh, okay, just one, or you're or you're doing two. I can only cast one spell, right? Oh, okay, yeah, fine. No, never mind. Sorry, I was confused. I get you. Uh, roll six d four and and then add four. A total of twenty one. All right, that takes it twenty one percent closer. It was at. 38% remaining. You, a science man, can tell it's at 17% left. And then I will also use a reaction. I think I can cast a spell using a reaction and an action on my turn uh, to use a second level um, absorb elements. Absolutely. Also an abjuration spell. So 2d4 plus uh, 4. That's another 11%. Okay, now it's down to 6%. So close. And as a bonus action, I will uh, tell Mr. Langley to throw in a 7th level magic missile spell from his wand of magic missiles. <laughs> I was really hoping to see this happen. Okay. <laughs> so you, uh, you're, you use your appendages to cast these spells. You see the light um, instead manifest and shoot towards the, the magic circle. Um, Mr. Langley uses his uh, machine gun... <laughs> <laughs> of magic missiles but they in turn become many little points of lights that circle in to this uh magical spell and then poof, it becomes complete gets to 100 percent, and the circle becomes um it starts to float up into the air and becomes three dimi dimensional and a brilliant bit of starlight begins to shine through the moment this happens Every creature under the control of the pestilence nearby is freed from its influence. Amazing. Um, we did it, everyone. When we get to the, uh, the pestilence, it's still kind of trying to cling to the tree. The tree is still barely holding it solid. But um, what a curious thing has happened to the Myconids. Uh, Velvetti wakes up. The black goo on their feet begins to shine it turns as white as it had been black and color begins to kind of show in their bodies some of the areas that had been really dark gray begin to turn into autumn fall colors uh red and orange and yellows and um it looks there like they're able to move pretty quickly now um sindhu and honey scamp first walk across the sap um now that their feet are not sticking to it and uh, join Velvetti, come over to the tree and using their 
powers, as you saw when you entered their village, are able to open up the tree to the little black heart of the creature, which withers away. Is Olaf going to eat it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just remember at this point, that area is still silent, so Olive cannot hear anyone saying, it's okay, Olive. You can stop now. She's just going... <laughs> 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 been eating it <laughs> she's just happily yumming away everyone's like olive stop it we're done no, now no, it's no. over she's like <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even notice she can't hear anything she's like, <laughs> all right you've done it um we've reached the end of our adventure i do have some epilogues depending on the decisions made so um we have if beatrice was sent protection uh, she did have a small scare when a mob began to build outside her home, throwing trash and debris and blaming her. Uh, but then they saw Miss Makoto and they got out of there fast. Um, uh, all of the creatures affected by the fog, the villagers, they are dried up. They are D&D um, uh, &D points. We would say they have exhaustion for they are in really bad shape. But um, the Myconids are able to give them some of this. Um, it looks like. A little, a little clear water, but a little thicker um, extract Vodka. that comes from their cup. And mm -hmm. um, it puts them into a healing sleep. They'll probably be healing for a few weeks. Yeah, that's vodka. Uh, <laughs> that's vodka. <laughs> a few uh, weeks, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, we skipped these bad endings that could have happened. Oh, I want to um, know. Tell us. Tell us what could have happened. What could have happened? Um... Worst ending, if Banishment Circle is not completed and Volvetti is killed, uh, the Armillion colony closes up again after this incident. Honey Scamp is devastated. Uh, Sindhu seems morose, but like she knew this was a possibility all along. Um, if the tree is destroyed, but the pestilence escapes, um, the RRR does not see this as a success. They see... They may see this as a partial success based on some circumstances, such as the townspeople's safety or Velvetti's safety, but they're not willing to give full payment to the fire-breathing kittens, and they don't have a good relationship with them. Why would you pr presume we would destroy the tree? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I mean, Olive gave it a good go. <laughs> She's still working on it now. <laughs> Even these days, if you... Just listen on the wind. You can hear the noise. You can hear nothing because of the silence. <laughs> I mean, it would have gone out eventually. Silence has, how long does silence last? Ten so, minutes. I do have one more addendum. It's something I was inspired of from one of uh, Olive's episodes, but I can't remember which one it was. I just know she did something just like this. There's This is a little magical science lesson here. Um, so as I hope most listeners know... Uh, Scientific evolution and magical evolution are not the same. Like like Pokemon, Bulbasaur becoming Venusaur, that's not how evolution works. I hope you know that. <laughs> yes, yeah, like Digimon where they can go back to the, the first one. <laughs> but I did do a little bit of that here uh, because it's a magic world and we get to have fun with it, right? So um, I did a kind of magical level, uh, evolution here. Uh, I based this on the fact that there are some fungi, such as some cup fungi, um, or lichen that are known to be a stable symbiotic association between fungi and algae or a cyanobacteria. So mm. um, these fungi provide the ability to digest materials down to carbon and the algae enables them to photosynthesize. So 
this is why these mycotic characters that you have before you, um, they have, with the influence of the celestial light coming from this portal, been able to evolve with their association with this pestilence and to, and to kind of use it. Also, some fungi and lichen are quite beneficial to plants and trees, and they bring nutrients and water to the plants, enable nutrient sharing, protect the plants from infections, and uh, root-feeding microorganisms. Um, so just like these armillarians, <laughs> it's hard to say, here in the Tumuli Wood, uh, they have spent hundreds of years containing this alien pestilence known as Queezil. Uh, but now through some alien celestial power, they have harnessed it. Better times may be ahead for Tumuli Wood. Ooh. Thank you for joining us here on Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, joining us have been Beans. Well, it's good news and bad news. The good news is we managed to save the woods and all the little mushroom people. The bad news is my boomerang is completely covered in sap. <laughs> Boltzmann. I've got one level eight slot left, which I can use to teleport everybody back to the sewers to party with the alligators tonight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hang on, wait. Six people. Who is going to stay behind? <laughs> Grandma. Asher knows Leave the Grandma area. in the woods. <laughs> and Olive. It's just the sound of me eating. <laughs> <laughs> crunch, crunch, slurp. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Hey guys, did you know that you can burn up to 40 calories for every 15 minutes of laughing? Get in shape with that trophy wife life. We are a comedy podcast that guarantees to make you really, really, really good looking. Join us as we discuss hard-hitting, important topics like asshole kid moments, the best drunk stories, best pranks ever pulled, and the dumbest criminals that get themselves busted. So if you want to lose weight and be really, really, really good looking, find that Trophy Wife Life today. Available on all major podcast platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to rate and review. Only five stars are being accepted at this time. And until our next episode, keep living that trophy wife life. Dan, what if you could travel through time? Travel through time? I haven't even got time for this. Okay, Dave, what if you were trapped on an island inhabited by zombies? Could I eat them? All right, what if you woke up in a foreign country and didn't know the language? Parlo molto lingue, quindi starò bene. Beh, ne parlo due. But forget that. Do you think aliens can poop? Why would you even want to know that? Just forget about it. It's a weekly podcast to take you away from the strains of everyday life. Listen, download and subscribe on all major platforms. Tensions with Toby provides unrehearsed, unedited masterpiece as he drives. Without knowing his topic till actual time of recording, his skills of one-take recording makes him stand out. Driving in the southeast part of Saskatchewan, his show is unmatched. So let's tune in and see what his topic is on Tangents with Toby.